Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you this week from the Fargo Hunt Club uh, 2019 version of uh, Silver Dude's Deer Camp. Because uh, you just tuned in to uh, this for the first time, uh, this is a recovery podcast. It's mostly based on 12-step recovery. Most people have, uh, that you'll hear on here are recovering from alcohol and addiction, and they've, they've recovered through, uh, through the 12 steps. Uh, but we do play around with some other things, and uh, we've got some nicotine cessation on here. We've got some divorce recovery. We've got some people finding their true voices through other avenues. So uh, we just like to explore this whole recovery thing uh, um, in, in, in whatever means uh, presents itself. So that's what you're listening to. Uh, it had been brought to my attention that uh, folks, when they might just bop onto it, would like to know what the hell they're maybe getting themselves into. And you maybe should tell them that uh, out of the first few minutes, so I'm doing that today. Uh, music wrapped around this will be by Darren Frank. Go to uh, spiritualunderground.org for uh, show notes and pictures of guests and uh, other kind of things like that, links to the podcast. Uh, my little wood shop, dtmww.net, handyman woodwork stuff, services for Louisville metro area. Uh, and 12 step spiritual recovery. You want to go out and buy that book from Amazon. It's a 12 step spiritual recovery from James Christopher Cone. Go buy that, put some of these tools in your tool belt. So, last year we decided, uh, I've been having these retreats down to camp, uh, just another way I get to participate in my recovery. And uh, I've been doing two a year for a while, and I decided uh, last year I really didn't feel like doing a fall one, and I and I transitioned to fall one into a uh, hunting camp. Uh, hunt and have a few of us down here a little more intimate uh what what in may this year we had 32 guys around the fire at one point can't really hunt that many down here mm-hmm. uh you can't have that many staying in the cabin we had tents set up and all kinds of stuff so uh but last year uh i kind of transitioned to fall one just see what would happen into a deer hunting trip we come down here on the first weekend of muzzleloader season in indiana and uh seemed like it was six of us might be short one but i think it was six of us all told and uh came down and hunted colder than hell uh had a great time everybody seemed to enjoy it we decided to do it again this year some guys couldn't make it some new people uh some people who were here last year came and get back and uh some people who uh who hadn't been to this who weren't here last year came for the first time uh one of the things i will note is is that we were recording a podcast in before there was such a thing as a podcast actually we were still a pipe dream at that point in time we recorded one not knowing that it would ever be published it actually sits out there as number three, mm-hmm. uh, the third one uh, published. So uh, last year's deer camp is that, and now here we are at Spiritual Underground Podcast, someplace near uh, crossed over eight thousand listens just recently. So uh, what a difference that makes from last year to uh, to now. That's uh, cool as hell. So thank you all for listening to us, and uh, we'll see what we can put together. What we talk about tonight. I really we don't have any topic. Um, but y'all jacked him deer. We uh, jaw jacked last night a little bit, and uh, and when we did record it, I don't know what I'll do anything with it. This is uh, hopefully tonight. Well, I will just see what happens. Uh, this is the one I'm planning on keeping. Uh, let's go around the room. Uh, well, you all heard me. I'm Dan. Let's go around the room and introduce ourselves so we know who this uh, – so you guys out there know who this panel of misfit toys is here at the uh, 2019 version of the Fargo Hunt Club Silver Guy Deer Camp. I am Nick. Hey Nick, hey, Nick. how's it going, brother? I'm Brian. Hey Brian. Hey, Brian. 
Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. Shane Gibson. Hey, Shane. So, just so everybody gets to hear some voices, we'll do a, it's almost like a sound check. What's up, Nick? Tell me a little bit about what's up and what you feel like. Oh, man, I'm, I'm juiced to be here. Second year. I was here last year, and I, I remember that being able to do that podcast. Uh, man, it's, just, it's exciting to do things like this with a group of guys when this used to be, uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like I went fishing and hunting to have an excuse for my drinking to look normal because this is one of those times where everybody had a flask in their in their ammo bag or their tackle box and so I, I i got to blend in a little bit so it's cool to to flip the script on that do it in a different way um now you know with being in better shape and in the practice of meditation is it makes sitting in the woods a blast yeah because it doesn't hurt me to get there and when i'm there i'm okay being by myself yeah so I just I had a good time out there today, even though I didn't I, I didn't get to even see a deer today, except for the one that was hanging at the cabin when I got back. Yeah, talk <laughs> about that in a yeah. minute. I'll let I'll let these guys talk about that. Brian, how's it going, man? Want you uh, just so people? I think it's good that people tune tune into our voices because they're going to hear five voices here bouncing around. Hopefully, this will let them tune their radars. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Brian, I. Uh, I'm just grateful to be here, really, and I mean, I mean necessarily. This is the first hunting trip I've had sober, and I'm, had a lot of memories come back today of all those. I used to have a lot of hunting trips back in the drinking and the doping years, and a lot of remorse and guilt, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pain came in at times during the during the day. I did a lot of meditation out there. Fell asleep once, had to wake up, do some more meditation. Felt right, re- re- restless at times. Oh yeah. Sometimes I had a total peace, man. Been a kind of a, uh, you know, been a good day. Good to be here with you guys, so I can come in here and unload the shit, and not to worry about it, you know. Yeah. I'm out here by myself, so I, you guys understand me. You understand where I'm coming from. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm just really grateful to be sober and be around some guys that are all on the same path as me. And the food is fabulous. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, man. I mean, we've had some seriously good food. Absolutely. We'll talk about that a little bit here in a little bit. Uh, one of the things about that restless side of things, you know, one of the, I always find that, and when I come into deer season period, I can't, I have trouble, and I, and it takes me some time to like acclimate where I can actually be okay out there, you know. Right. And so the first one, some of the stuff I'm doing when I first come down, the first few weekends I come down and hunt, hell, I'm practicing these principles. Uh, I ain't really hunt. I'm hunting. I'm trying, but I can't settle down. Yeah. And it takes a little bit for me it to get settled. And you know, I think that I, I do the meditation on a daily basis. Just I do ten, eleven, regular, and I think I'm really, you know, pretty peaceful. Because that's the gift of spiritual awakening is peace of mind, right? Which is what I trace my whole drinking career. And uh, and then I get out of here, and the, the phones are gone, and, and 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 the TVs are gone, and all the ruckus and the commotion and all that's gone, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. And at home, we just go, 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 go. And yeah. then you get here, and it's like, oh, now what I do next? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what I sometimes I was like, what am I going to do next? Oh, you sit here and be looking for the damn deer. Don't ever show up. <laughs> take a break. You take a hiatus, David. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. Super. Tony, how's it going, brother? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? Uh, you uh, know me. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, first deer camp, first sober deer camp. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I can relate to uh, having to slow down and break from the normal and uh, just be all right, been here and been present. And uh, that's a gift I have today, and I'm grateful for that. Um, we've seen a deer today. We uh, Somebody else shot a deer today, but I've seen it be shot, and I've seen it cut up and processed, and uh, 
I got a chance to learn a lot today, so I'm grateful for that. Uh, so I'll let some other people talk about that. But I'm grateful to be here. I didn't come necessarily just to hunt. I came more for the fellowship, and uh, I got to hunt. So Get was, to? I got to. Get to. Yeah, we know what you mean. Uh, I just I could elaborate there. So yeah, you guys have heard all these guys' stories on the podcast. So if you go back to, if you want to go listen, uh, all these men here around this table today have shared with you, have taken their time to share with you and tell you about where they used to be and and where they where they're at today in this uh, doing this recovery thing we do. Uh, Shane, how's it going, brother? Great, man. Shane Gibson, an alcoholic addict, all those other things too. Um, Man, yeah, I'm I'm grateful to be here this weekend, second year. Um, it feels good to get here and, and disconnect and reconnect at the same time. Disconnect from all the busyness and chaos of the world and be out here and just reconnect with my higher power and nature and just be, you know. Um, we, we took some a few moments to take some deep breaths earlier last night, and, man, at – after I got done with that, I mean, I opened my eyes, and I really felt connected, dude. Like, seriously, that one was really good for me. I needed it, and I felt so connected to all all of you all. It was a really cool experience for me. Yeah, I'm just excited to be here and excited to be on this mic again, talking two years in a row, and, you know, <laughs> we actually got something so far this year. Um, yeah, hunt ain't over yet. I think there's some more stuff going to go down tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, <coughs> So this is a hunting trip, yeah, and uh, and we get to have a uh, we had last year uh, we didn't have any um, nobody killed anything. I was getting ready to say we didn't have any success, but that's bullshit because I yeah. do not count my hunting trips on uh, the success is not based on whether if I kill something, see something, or any of that really ever for me. Uh, hunting trips are successful every time because I get to come out here and recharge and and uh in these times like this whether if i'm down here by myself like i was a couple of weeks ago in that last one of those last podcasts or whether if uh i'm down here with some guys uh i, I never had anybody you know and the sober hunting thing is new for me too you know i mean even though i've been coming down lately um for for the past few years most of my sober hunt camp has been by myself or with me and my dad and uh, most of the other people who came around were still were drinking so this is kind of a little bit new to me too and, and fuck i totally dig it no you know <laughs> it's just there's nothing more from my heart anymore and like having you know to be able to share this place with y'all whether it's a retreat or hunting or what it is but you know the place was built for hunting that's why we built it mm-hmm. and uh it wasn't you know yeah just come down and hang out okay but the place was it was put together so we had a place to hunt so get to share that with you all and uh and and once in a while somebody had some success doing this thing called hunting so uh the guys who uh what took part in that what would y'all what happened this morning you want me to say, you yeah, want me to say something? So, Tony, you've not right. been deer hunting ever, right? No, or, no. This is my first time. First time ever deer. Back in the day when I was a kid. What'd you say? Organized quail, quail, quail hunting. hunting. Uh, fishing numerous times uh, as far as hunting. It's definitely any decent-sized game. This is the first time. So, uh, it's pretty exciting. Went out yesterday for a little bit. Kind of hung out in the tripod stand. Made my way around the grounds a little bit to check things out. Really didn't see anything. Um was kind of getting in the mind frame of been patient, been present, and kind of just letting things happen as they are instead of the way I want them to be because that's kind of the way things work out sometimes. But uh, this morning uh, we get up, so I'm reading the TSSR <clears throat> book, working the steps, and uh, me and Chan are just sitting there uh, hanging out. We got there before sun up, 
Uh, it's still dark. Y'all did get out plenty of time this morning. Mm-hmm. I noticed oh, after yeah. I sat back down, got dishes done and all that kind of stuff and sit around, I was like, well, fuck, it's still dark. Yep. Yeah, but <laughs> and, uh, Y'all been gone for a little while. It was about an hour, probably. before I yeah. felt like I was able to fire a mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. 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 But the, you were out in time as far as, this, I guess Perfect. it's just the way it was this morning. Because mm-hmm. the, the sunrise, overcast. I think, was 735, I think is what it, it said. So that make it would have been 706 would have been technically the shooting time. So y'all got out before it was dark, daylight. We got out there before That's cool daylight. to sit out there and watch it get daylight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear the birds come, you know, the whole forest. So we heard a up. turkey. We heard uh turkey gobble, yep. Yeah, a few few different things, woodpeckers, uh, coyote. Um, it started to sprinkle, so we were hanging pretty out quickly. There. Was that before? Did it start raining before daylight or uh, after? Yeah, right after. Coming up, uh, yeah. So we were hanging out. I was reading my book. I think Shane was watching what was going on. Uh, I'd look up. Shane was paying attention. You weren't. <laughs> mostly, mostly. Okay. After about Starting an hour, nothing happened. <laughs> so our narrator over here. Yeah. So I'd look up every once in a while, and I, I think Shane was watching, and then. All of a sudden, we see a doe just getting it, just cutting through, didn't slow down, didn't look twice, uh, just running. And uh, so Shane was like, I bet I bet a buck's chasing her. I was like, all right, all right. He pulled his gun up. He didn't shoot. I was waiting for him to shoot, so I plugged my ear because he, he, he was on it. But that, that deer was fast. The doe. The doe was fast. And uh, so about two minutes later, you just see a buck. I'm like, oh, shit, just out of my peripheral. And then next thing you know, it's. You know, he, he makes a call and then lays it on the ground, so it was, it was pretty quick. Did you like recognize that it was down. a reasonable buck right off the bat? What was your personal thing on it? I mean, like, yeah, cause I, I know it's like there's a, there's some um, I noticed the perception and some stuff goes on with the – there's some things that we call – you know, sometimes we come into like what we call ground shrinkage where you look at a deer and you think it's a lot bigger than it was and you shoot it and you get down on ground, you know, and you go, whoops. <laughs> uh, this, was a, this was a respectful deer. It was – I should have measured it, but I'm going to guess it. You know, it was wider in the ears for sure. It's a nine point. So, uh, you know, it's going to get up to be, you know, usually ears are about 16. I'm thinking about 20. And uh, I don't think it's 20, but I'm going to say it's 17. 16, 16, 18. Inches if I put a tape measure on the inside. Uh, so it's definitely a respectable buck. But did you, because I was, and one of the things is I'm a little bit curious is did you like know that as you've seen it as a first time hunter? Did you know that's a decent buck right there? Or did, I, I noticed it was at least a six point and I saw the doe run past and I thought that was a pretty decent size for what it was doing and how fast it was going. So, and that the, the buck was just as big as the doe, if not a little bit bigger. So, yeah. but I did notice the points and that it was at least a six pointer. So, and I saw the spread because it looked right at us just for a brief second. Did it was it? like time so stopped and then bam, dropped him. Looked over at that uh, blind for just a second? Yeah. So you were sitting in there and you you said you had your gun leaning against the inside of the blind? I did. And I did. where was you? Where, where were you? What it were was you in doing? my lap. You had your gun laying mm-hmm. across your lap? Mm-hmm. Who was on the left and right? I was on the right. You was on yeah. the right? Mm-hmm. And the deer came from the left. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it broke the tree, it stopped. Just barely. And then looked. Was he nose the ground or was he chasing? Uh, he, he was chasing. chasing. Yeah, yeah. It, I'll, I'll I'll chime in here too and kind of tell my version of it because we both got same same thing but a little different. So eyewitness testimony. Yeah, Very exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Tony was curled up in a ball in the back on the ground. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Mommy, mom was completely cold, right. Mommy. is completely wrong. Yeah. No, he 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 described it perfectly. It's pretty cool. But I mean, each person gonna have a different experience with it, no matter what it is. So. Um, we're, yeah, we were sitting there, and I was to the point, really, I was like, man, it's fucking downpouring. 
we're sitting here, it's starting to get cold. It's getting close to lunchtime. I was like, man, I'm, I'm about to call the fuck it, you know? Yeah, and, how quickly can you get discouraged out there, man? Oh, you quickly as like hell, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you're like, you're not screwing shit. You're not going back to the Yeah. That's why I bring a book. Yeah. I'll stay out there all day with a book. Well, that, that's why it was cool because Tony brought his TSSR book and he started reading immediately while we were still dark. You know, how I was like, well, that's smart. No. Yeah, right. Not a lullaby. But yeah, because I can't read. You know, I was looking at the pictures, but so he was doing that and i was meditating until daylight and i I was sitting there just meditating and then uh just kept watching while he was reading and stuff like that and he he stopped reading and we you know chit chat a little bit and then um it uh it got to where i was like yeah it's getting cold or whatever thinking to myself yeah we probably ought to go back and all of a sudden this this doe just blows through i mean so quick i i could barely get my gun up and i got it on her and i had it on her ass and i was like i'm not gonna do that shot you know and i let her go i was going man man trying to get her to stop and she was just getting it man her mouth was wide open i knew she was getting chased or she had been running for a while and i said man i bet a buck was chasing her and i mean i can't remember i don't even think it was two minutes and uh, and he said, oh, oh, and I literally my gun flew up and and I went man and as soon as I got in the scope I I pulled the trigger I didn't realize I pulled the trigger it was that freaking quick it just happened that quick and immediately I looked over at Tony I was like I'm sorry I should let you shoot it I'm sorry but instantly guilt shame and remorse for taking a beautiful butt but the thing is you know before when I was in the madness that was my main goal is like I gotta kill something to prove myself. I don't have to prove nothing to you all, you know. I wanted to, I wanted to get something to have an experience with you all, you know, to to go through the whole process, the the the, the taking of the animal, to the the gutting, to the the hanging, and to the processing of the whole the whole experience. And it, it's a it's a cool bonding experience. And um, I got it today. Yeah, man, it, it was really cool. But that that was that was cool. That my first thought was about Tony and not me. That was really cool because I'd never been like that before. It was always about me, me, me. Oh, look what I did. Look what I did. And it wasn't today. And that was pretty fucking cool because I never had that before. And I'd, I hunted my whole life. And that was the only time I ever got any peace was when I was in the woods. And I didn't realize it was meditation, you know. I was doing yep. meditation. But I always wanted to be in the woods during hunting season. And as soon as I pulled that trigger, all my peace would go away usually when I when I was out there in the madness. But today it didn't. It stayed with me. And it was really, really cool, man. Really cool experience. I want to add one thing to that. Yeah. When we were making our way out this morning, Shane did say, "Have you ever shot a buck before or, or a deer before?" And I was like, "No, man." And I, the thought came over me like, if we see one, I think Shane's gonna let me shoot it. Yep. But I think his initial nope. reaction was as soon as he <laughs> seen it, he's like, "I gotta get this deer on the ground." Dude, yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it, he wasn't gonna be there long at all, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's inches no. and seconds. If you're yeah. not sitting there ready, was, man, I mean, it's like no. it's unreal. I mean, I would say, you know, in general, we talked about this earlier, but you. know, that window of opportunity is what the you know, three Small. seconds or something at yeah, times, man. It's like one thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand three. You ain't making some taking some action towards making it happen. It you're done. It's you almost know, it's like gone. muscle memory to that point. To it, where was, it was just yeah. like bam, bam, and it's done. Yeah. And uh, so I'm definitely not mad about it because it would have got away. I'm sure if you would have waited, but yeah, it, it was an awesome experience, nonetheless. Yeah. So. so that's super cool. So that's a uh, buck number one killed at Sober Deer Camp. Yeah, we, buddy, buddy. I got buck. to thinking today. I thought shit. If they kill some more deer, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, because to be completely honest, it's just killing deer has just not ever been a priority here. And, uh, and, and if we kill two or three or over at the, over at, uh, when, when I grew up hunting here, we had a, a meat pole, you know, we had a 
fence post that was spanned between some trees. And you could hang a number of deer on it, you know, and you could raise one up. They just had one block and pulley, and you could raise it up and transfer it over to a hook mm-hmm. and then move it down and, and pull another one up. And I do remember one time when I was younger, there was three deer on a meat pole one time. That's cool. Um, but that's something I may need to uh, hopefully look into. Yeah, we, hopefully. we need more meat Because, you know, that's a lot here. of freaking work, too, you know, because you guys uh, – Shane, you know, we went out there, and that's another thing that uh, Tony got to experience today was seeing somebody field dress one. Um, you know, I was uh, I was in here taking a nap, and he come in and woke my ass up, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, well, we got up, got dressed, went out there, got the mule, went out to it, and uh, and, and took care of it, and, and Shane whipped it into shape pretty damn quickly and got the guts out of it. We brought it back here and uh, hung it up. And uh, then later on in the day, Shane uh, took it apart with the help of, with uh, Tony and my's help, and then uh, disassembled it. And then Nick come back in from the woods while we were they were finishing up, and uh, helped us finish it up, and then brought it inside and disassembled it some more till we got it into pieces that was uh, easy to take home. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's uh. I have an uncle who's a meat packer and always grew up doing that. So he, he knew how to do, he would do that. And I always used him, you know, help somebody sit here and wanted to do it. And he kind of liked it because he don't hunt or anything. You know, mm-hmm. it's got his service thing here, you know, he's that's like, cool. let me, let me do that. Uh, that same uncle, his son, uh, there in Georgetown, they had a meat packing plant was my grandfather's meat packing plant. And, and, and I grew up watching there. And I always said I was very fortunate. I liked that because I went and I knew my damn steaks didn't come on star phone packages from Kroger's because I watched them. I watched the look on them damn animals' eyes as they're being killed mm-hmm. and butchered and, and turned into meat. And then later on, as that kind of went away and uh, my, my grandfather passed away, my cousin took it over and he turned it into in the fall. He would just shut completely down and do nothing but deer. He would just do deer from October 1 through the end of January, the year yeah. until he got caught up, you know, because these opening couple weekends of deer season would fill up the packing plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always stop by there on the way home just to see if there's any big monster deer was in there or talk to him, shoot the shit, watch him disassemble that stuff. So uh, I've always had like a, for most of my life, I've always had somebody else doing that for me. Although I've done it, we've done it and sit here. So that was cool. So uh, that's that was like that, that's the total experience, right? Mm-hmm. And the next end of it's eating some of it. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have so much good damn food here, we could have done that. But <laughs> yeah. uh, like 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 uh, Brian said, some really good food. we got some really good food and a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And it's kind of like that's when we were talking about like cooking some deer tonight. I'm like, holly, we already got all this, you know. And then we're gonna have some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, eating like kings. But it's cool. It's uh, I like it. You know. Obviously, it's cool that we finally put one on the ground and somebody did it. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, it probably ain't ever gonna be me. Well, I shouldn't say it's not gonna be me. So I'm here to help y'all kill some deer. That's what I want to happen. Yeah, we're all here for each other. Mm-hmm. That's the cool aspect of it. We, we now that we get to take the ego out of some of this stuff, mm-hmm. we get to function more like. To me, it's more of the the tribe, like where this thing really came from, mm-hmm. where. You know, it, it doesn't matter who puts it down. It just matters that it gets put down. Yep. Because everybody benefits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just that, it, the ego part of it doesn't matter anymore. So. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, I guess we've also, you know, crossed over some pieces in our lives. We've all went, everybody here's 
least 40, right? Mm-hmm. Not you yet? No. Close? I'm 34. Are you really? Jesus Man, Christ. youngster. What did you think? I was older? Yeah. Is that a compliment? I thought, I thought we put an age restriction on this hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I you know I suck at age age guessing anyway. Period. All right, uh, I'm 40 for the trip. But uh, we're good. I'd have bet you there's some place up close to that. 38, uh, 39. But no big deal. But still, you've crossed over. You know, get over to an age where it's, you know some of that hopefully has gotten behind you. Plus, if you throw some recovery in on top of it, yeah. Um, begin to get some of this bullshit out of the way where you got to thump your chest and do all this or yep. Uh, I got the biggest one, all that bullshit. Dick measuring contest and stuff. Yep. <laughs> Pissing contest. Or look what I did, look what I did. I used to be like that. I used to try to take as many fucking deer as I could to take back to the cabin with me. I've taken as many as five in one day, take them back to the cabin. Just to say, just to say look what I did, you know. Had no clue what I was going to be able to do with all those deer at the time, but I ended up giving them Giving some of them away to people that needed it, you know. But there's just no way I'm eating that many a year. Uh, yeah. I guess I could, but yeah. You know, I was saying way is all about what book of milk and me. I gotta be enough. I gotta be better than either for I'm not wasting and I'm enough. That's the whole deal, right? And I've been talking about the difference last night, you guys I hear you guys talking, I sit and listen and I just hear this selfless talk, selfless talk. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? What can I do for you? How can I be of service versus look at me, look at me, look at me. And we're taking the same guys that used to be just like a lot like me, at least not just like me, selfish, self-centered, egotistical, and they're talking about how, what can I do for you? That's America on itself. Yeah, it was. That's just a groovy thing to see, man. It really is. It's a good thing to experience. Yeah. Yeah, everybody brings something to the table, and everybody's willing to share, and everybody's willing to help. And like you said, people go, what can I do? I try not to let y'all do very much. Well, you, to me, you find out, and there's other ways to find it out, but I found it out in recovery that um, the ego stuff is so temporary and the self-esteem stuff is what sticks around. And I get self-esteem not from getting the biggest deer or having the nicest car or anything like that. I get self-esteem from esteemable acts, from things that I can do for you. Those are the things that give me a long-lasting good feeling about myself. And... Uh, it's it's a lesson that it took me a long time to find out but recovery mm-hmm. taught me so you know like cooking for you guys isn't about you know being able to brag about cooking for you guys it's about like I, it makes me happy to see you guys enjoy food and that's an esteemable act to me and that that's something that I carry with me there's a reason that the hunting trip last year was one of my favorite days of the year or weekends of the year and we didn't even get a deer mm-hmm. it's because of stuff like that yep it's, it's the stuff we got to bring to the table and share with each other and out of love, not out of uh, comparison to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all equal. The food was delicious. Mm-hmm. Still is. I feel like I've ate more in this weekend. Yeah. I just don't eat that awful much. Yeah. On a regular basis, as I'm just traveling around, I, I just don't eat that much. Uh, a damn steak out of night, I don't know if I didn't eat, oh, eat much past that. And it was day <laughs> deep. <laughs> The whole thing, the collard greens, what would you call it? What is that? What was that dish that was the collard green dish? Because it had peppers and stuff in it too, right? Yeah, well, it had had bacon in it and it had, Mm -hmm. it did have bourbon in it, but just so nobody gets scared, I am a chef and I know how to make sure that I don't give these guys any alcohol. So, (laughs) but that's actually, cool thing about that recipe is it's a, a really old 
Eastern Kentucky recipe that I learned from a guy I worked with years ago, and his great grandmother used to cook them, and she actually used to cook them with shine instead of bourbon. That's how we do it right at home. Yeah, so uh, they're they're good. I've been making them for a long time. They're they good. were good. That's the first time I ever had. What are they called? Collard greens. Yeah, that's interesting because my first drunk was on shine. Yeah. People say, "Well, you drank many shine for the first time." The hell, it's all we had was dry county. Something my grandma had in the cupboard, you know. So that's what I drank. Yep. So uh, these guys were out hunting on Friday night. Brian didn't get here till later. He had some HVAC issues. There was another Brian that was here. So there's been six six of us or five, six of us all total here for, at some point. Uh, screwed up and meant to get a damn group photo of all of us today. But we kind of did a little uh, staging. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Outside of breakfast, I'm not sure that everybody was here at no. one point. Mm-hmm. At the same time throughout the day. It was you know in what I mean? Out, in and out, yep. Uh, which is cool that's hunting too you know you go out and you do it and, and, and that's everything I like uh, I'm encouraged I like it that uh, that people spend a lot of time in the woods mm-hmm. uh, when, when they're down here but we miss that but anyway we get a fire going cook those steaks on the outside fire there's something different about doing that too mm-hmm. uh, steaks cook taste different when they're cooked on a, on a wood fire to me I believe that's the truth uh, I feel like I got bass thumb, like I've been fishing. You know what I mean? When you're yeah. fishing, except oh, for yeah. some wrong thumb, usually be my right thumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's all scuffed up. Oh, uh, and then some tater potato things that we. That tater thing that I was for. I don't know what it was. Explain that again. Uh, it's just the Asiago potato stack. So I, I, I use my mandolin to slice the potatoes real thin. I put uh, mandolin. I know you played the mandolin. It's, a, it's also a kitchen implement. <laughs> so uh, what's an implement? <laughs> uh, it bas- it's basically like a, a handheld slicer to help so you can slice things really thin but so I sliced the potatoes really thin I reduced cream I layered up kind of like a lasagna a few layers of potatoes reduced That's cream a bunch of cheese more potatoes more cream more cheese just keep going up <laughs> yeah, so we That's had those me it was like lasagna like a big stack mm-hmm. of heaven yeah. Mm-hmm. Really yeah I love you can't hardly make a bad tater anyway but that was really good tater <laughs> Yeah, so we had the taters and the collard greens and the uh, and those big big ass steaks last night and bunch of cookies. We always had nine or ten steaks, ten total, didn't we? Yeah, because Shane, Shane, Shane brought, brought one, one. Just, so, in case. Yeah. just in case, just in case we didn't bring him <laughs> one. It was like he's going. We got a steak for everybody but you, Shane. Sorry, we'll no. go over here. I brought no, my. Own. I, I just brought my extra uh, one because I know I, I always want more of everything. So. Yeah, so he did eat two freaking steaks last night for supper, man. I don't know. I could barely finish. I didn't finish the one I had. Me either. I did. I finished both of mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I ate one and a half steaks. So, yeah. Yeah. I we got up, made some breakfast this sure. morning, got shooting out the door. Everybody seemed to be on time. I like that. It always bothers me. I'm always worried that we're not going to get you all out the door fast enough. Yeah, you did great. Um, oh, yeah, I was surprised, too, because I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to stick around for breakfast, you know. But, yeah, you're you're pretty yeah, efficient. That was good breakfast. Yeah, yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. Really and everybody shoots out, you know, and then uh, it's kind of like they'll come back in. Do you take anything to eat with you when you go out? Yeah, I do. I don't. Did you eat any of it? Yeah, I had some trail mix and apple. I usually do. Like when I'm down here, I almost always when I'm like doing that week down here, I almost graze. I don't really. I've stopped getting myself. Yeah. If I'll get up, maybe have a banana and a yogurt for breakfast, and walk out the door. I mean, I have snacks, you know, they're protein bars and Cliff that's bars and some apples beef and some beef jerky and some nuts. Cooked, and, that's all I eat. Yep. Brought, that's what I brought jerky proton bars and proton bars and, uh, proton bars them suckers shoot you right off yeah, into yeah. the orbit not neutron bars no proton, proton. Yeah. 
electron bars. Electron bars. Yeah. And, uh, Shocking. And I and because that way, if I just like when I'm down here for the week on my own, you know, I play it by ear. Where if I'm even coming in, you know, uh, I got enough snacks and stuff I could pull off staying out all day, and I always have enough water and that kind of thing. And uh, and so I either will stay out all day or I won't. That was my plan today, so I couldn't stay dry. I just stayed all day. Yeah, it was raining. Oh, but it did pretty much rain all day today. It did. For sure. Yeah, from the time about until yeah. after dark. Mm-hmm. But it's not supposed to. It lightened up some. It never yeah, quit. fluctuated. Yeah, it never quit. Was it, do you know how hard it was rated when that deer was shot? What do you recall? Do you have any memory? Mm, that was one of the harder periods. Right? It was, it was it rated like pretty it. hard, yeah. I wasn't too far away from them. I, I heard the shot and knew it was black powder, so I knew Shane had put something down. And then I heard his trademark, yee. You did hear that? Yeah, yeah. so I, I knew that he had had success. It was kind of <laughs> cool to be, you know half mile away in the woods and know that your buddy put a deer down i like that yeah and yeah. then have the discipline to stay put too man because uh, that's another thing people would tend to do would be to come in well, it's like the deer moving and somebody just killed one and i'm gonna quit hunting yeah and come in and see what's up you know right. really the better thing the thing to do is to sit out there and stay put you know plus you're wrangling around vigilant when i heard him say that because i thought well maybe he's gonna chase some of my quadrant yeah exactly well actually you know the way we used to have to do it somebody used to have come in and help we were out so far out and how the forest was nice to know when I heard a shot and then I heard the meal I was like well he's good mm-hmm. yep. yeah and that's I part of one of the I reasons why it, I stay like, back here and stay back here yeah. during this time like it so that I can help boy and be ready to help or whatever yeah, needs I to happen that and I heard the meal and I'm like well he's good so yeah that's why I went ye so you knew I did get one mm-hmm. you know and then uh um what was it and something else I was going to say I forgot what if it been any colder you'd have had to crawl up in that carcass stay warm I think yeah like oh yeah, yeah like no way Anakin. it was like probably 20 degrees colder last year yeah it was mm-hmm. colder yeah I was comfortable out there today you guys didn't crawl in the carcass we didn't have anything to crawl in last year we'd have to cut Shane open yeah <laughs> <laughs> cut the barrel I remember being cold but for whatever reason it's not like like it didn't anchor on me that it was that awful cold that was Ooh, a a dry cold. My feet were cold last year. Yeah. A dry cold is different than a day like the day that wet cold. Mm, yeah, a lot different. It's warmer, but it's actually, to me, colder. Yeah. If it freezes, you get to 20 or so, it's dry. It's easier for me to handle this. It's not as moist out. Yeah. Yeah. moisture, man. I know what Plus I was going to say now. Plus, you see cold days, you know, around here, you know, the sun will come up, you know, and in a little bit, and whether if that's a placebo effect or if it's for real, when the sun starts shining on me, I'll start feeling a little warmer, you know, but like a day like today, man, it don't ever get any, you know, you don't get any of that, man. You just stay dank and dark and cold all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just now switched over to the t-shirt. I finally got warmed up. You were cold to the bone. About two hours. Yeah. You out for a long time. Earlier when, uh, when I did shoot, I thought Nick had headed back to the cabin and spooked those deer up. I was like, man. Figured he bumped it. Yeah, I thought he'd seen them and he's probably like, man. You know, there goes some deer, and then, boom, you know, somebody got it. So I'll get back on the food kick, because that's always a part of this thing, too, man. It is just as important, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, eating and, and getting out of that. When I'm down here by myself, it's, you know, I mean, and I even, I brought four strips with me when mm-hmm. I come down by myself. And my brother come down, so we burned two of them one night, and uh, <laughs> which was totally cool. And um, But today we had Shane's famous... Santa Fe soup. Is that what yeah, you call buddy. it? Yeah. That was really good. For lunch today. Yeah, and uh, and that's good. easy. They bring us stuff for you. Because, I mean, most of everything you had was cooked before you got here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that we've cooked yeah, here was just, really the steaks. Yeah. I just, we had to 
warm up the sides and cook the steaks. Yeah. And potatoes were cooked here, right? I mean, they would. No, look... no, they were. I, I actually, so that dish, even when I serve it at a restaurant or at home, I pre-bake it like that, and then I cut it and cover it with more cheese and bake it again. Okay, because I say it looked kind of raw when you first got it out no, to me. You know what I mean? It, it appeared to be because it golden up when we when yeah, you when but when you I put more cheese on top of it when I rebake it. That's the way I've always done it. And also yeah. it also gives me that really nice, uh, if you notice the lines of the, yeah. you can see the stack of the potatoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be able to do that if it was you like a layer of cake. once. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so then, whole, uh, whole and you make the Santa Fe soup at home, so then you just bring it, and we just stick. Well, one of the things pot. is sometimes you just set it right on a wood stove. I love that. And uh, we'll give him one. There's only two cookies left. Well, there's one. Epidemic. I'm not eating anymore. No more I've cookies. only had one. So that's another thing. Nick brought a big ass Tupperware thing full. That was full of cookies. Almost. Oh, it was, it was, it was full. Full. completely. And full. these guys have ate them all. Didn't offer me any. Is that like three thousand cookies? No, I'm good. And uh, here's two for you, man. Come on, Brian. You want one? Share you. Get some good. Really? And yeah, um. So we had that for lunch, and and we always have a backup. We had some bratwurst and stuff, but darn, we have so much food here. It's hardly need it. Uh, oh, it'd be tough for me to eat anymore when I'm already eating. Yeah. And everybody would go out hunting again. Some of y'all stayed out, but uh, went out hunting again and uh, and, and come back in and, and, and finish cutting up that deer. And then we had your Peruvian pork stew, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really and, good. Uh, yeah. and that's another like one of the things that's in a... Good yeah, and uh, jalapeno. jalapeno. Go ahead, the yeah. jalapeno. jalapeno cheddar cornbread. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah, a whole nother delight, and that's a good begonna. And we had it last year too. Yeah, that's just one. Of, I mean, I love having a stew on the wood burning stove when you're out hunting and coming back into it. It's just mm. perfect. Yeah, it's in here down in the Dutch oven, and uh, makes it just really easy just to set it on top of the wood stove, and it just heats itself just as long as somebody you know, I don't know what it was four thirty, five o'clock today, something mm-hmm. like that. I just moved it over and set it on the wood stove. And it was hot enough to burn my fingers when I picked up the lid by the time we were ready to eat it. Yeah. So uh, that, that was delicious. And uh, dang, man, we just eat so good. Mm-hmm. I think I've gained about two or three pounds. I've thing. gained at least five. I'm going to need to lose <laughs> about two here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving, I don't think that's going to happen, boys. All right. Shitter's full. Clark. Yeah, I'm glad that thing ain't getting bad, ain't getting too full. It's different. I don't know if two people were here. Yeah, anybody been out there lately? I was out there before I went back. Peter's still going. I know you said something about it. I'm a little worried. I got more propane out there. I'm just waiting for it. I figured. I don't know. I have a feeling that it's been a while since I changed the propane tank on the outhouse. So we have that's a lot of people using it, and it's warmer. The cold weather helps too. Yeah, and I dumped a ton of lime in it over the last few weeks. Let me get a capacity sign on that thing. Do you ever get down there and mix it up? Yeah. <coughs> Start up. Real I can good. just barely reach it if I hang down by my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some lighter fluid in there. I used to need to light that shit and burn it up. I could do in, uh, what's that movie, Platoon? Is that what you do? You might need to stand burn. back a little bit. I don't think I'd want to do that. No, I don't if I could, it'd go up in flames. That'd be the outhouse, too, though. We'd just bunk yeah. it up and set it over. That's what you do, you know, when it gets filled up. Uh, Drag it over a little, dig a new hole, drag it over a little bit, and throw the dirt in the new hole. I wonder what's in hole. the bottom of it. What's in the bottom of what? Yeah, yeah, some crops. Shitter. <laughs> yeah, that's Shit. that's part of them. There's probably Shit more than just shit in there. Dirt. There's probably some money and stuff like oh. that. And, you know, people drop Pistol. shit down their bags. Yeah. 
I have always been scared to like have a belt gun on, you know, and yeah. have it fall down in there. You do something, drop your damn telephone in well, there. Well, that's that's what you're out there surfing the Google when you're in the outhouse, and no, we don't have no that here. <laughs> that's what them people do when they go searching old places. They look for where the privies were, and they dig there because hmm. they usually find old coins and stuff in there. Yeah. I'm good. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Last time we dug it, it was, it was deeper than me. I dug that some bitch out to where it was deeper than me. I, was I look down and I'm like, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. And it's no, been and it's it's old now too. I mean, it's been around for a while. We've been using it for a little while now. Huh. Uh, I remember we seen. I had a, we dropped a five a fifty five gallon drum in it down in the top of it so it wouldn't collapse. Like uh, what there's a term for that when you're digging trenches and you mm-hmm. put those uh shoring shoring shoring. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I didn't want to dig a new hole for a while. And around here, you hit rock so often. That maybe next time we will uh, we'll, we'll dynamite our ass down to the damn outhouse hole. Never fill that hole up. But I kept on not hitting nothing, you know, so I just kept on digging, kept on digging, kept on digging. You yeah, know? Because, because for whatever reason, you could, yeah. you might as well. I had to dig another get one. Get somebody day. get you up out of the hole. Yeah. We got some real long handled uh, post hole diggers, some extra long handled ones it must that, be you can, that you can dig real deep with. So, uh, burn a lot of firewood this winter. That's uh, there's a lot of work to be done. Takes a place to keep this place going, man. Oh, I yeah, man, for sure. And you stay busy all the time. I mean, it's really you know when I talk about it, selfless. I mean, it's not just one or two; it's all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn, Dan, you never stop, man. <laughs> you know, it's always for us. I know it's a spurt too. You don't ever stop. It's always for us. Yeah. For you. People start leaving me alone now at spurt because they're starting to get it. You know, yeah. it'll be the newbies that ain't been there before saying, "Damn, chill." But y'all do the get. I get. That's his thing. That's what he likes to. Do, is what he loves to do. If I get up, if I'm gonna do something for you guys, I'll get work my ass off and love it. But if I'm gonna do something for me, I'll start turning that cap. Yeah. Yeah. Once y'all leave, I'm kicked back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The other thing is too, like there's a little conservation of energy. I thought about that this morning. I go, well, you know, man, if somebody kills something or we end up doing something, man, I want to be breasted. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the rest of y'all got up early and marched your ass out there and sat in the fucking cold. And uh, and if we end up having, because you can end up in a pinch back here sometime. You know, you get one of these deer down over one of these hills someplace yeah. where you can't get that mule into it oh, or can't yeah. get something. You end up having to drag that some bitch up to where you can get to it. Or you just cut the back straight and hands off and leave it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was told it and all down. I was telling Tony, uh, we called it the extraction, but some hunting, my old hunting buddies, uh, we used to drink with all the time. We, my buddy had shot a deer about two miles from camp. <laughs> all right. And a rain had came in and flooded the creek so bad we couldn't get the four wheelers across it. So we had to go and drag this thing for two miles and drag it back to camp and through some rough terrain. I'm talking about rough terrain. And he wanted to uh, keep the guts in it. Cause he didn't want to mess up his hunting area. He said, "Man, cut oh. that thing open. Throw them guts. <laughs> throw them guts in that creek. It'll be gone in two seconds. It'll be in the Ohio River." Sure enough, we, we drug it over the creek and we threw the gut pile in. And you could watch it. Just, I mean, yeah. it took off. I mean, there's you know, so much rain. It came hell. a lot of rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dumping them innards in a waterway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, that ain't nothing compared to what gets in that water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it. I mean, it, it. It flew away quick. But yeah, that we called that the extraction. It was snowing, and raining. It was. It was horrible. I'll never forget that one. I was, I was cold to the bone. Talk about cold to the bone. I was cold to the bone that day. I'll never forget it. Hell, I have cut the backstrap, man. Hey. Yeah. 
just far enough out I'm on my own. I used to carry a big bag with me in my backpack so yeah. I could put the meat in and wrap it up. Yeah, like a western hunters do. Yeah, up there in East Kentucky where our farm is, man, we when we hunt back in there, there was nothing to get back in there but foot. You couldn't were a horse. That was it. There was no trails, there was no you had to hump it. You know. I saw a bear sign ten years place they were talking about bears or eight years place they're talking about black bears coming back to Kentucky. Now we have hunting season for black bears. Yeah. I recall being here when I was a little kid and uh, some of the fun times and, you know, of course I didn't have to participate in it at the level that I would today and it's still fun, but there is something about, you know, when you're out looking for a damn deer in the dark and running around with lanterns and trying to find this deer, you know. Especially mm -hmm. the cows or if you're competing with the cows. Yeah. And there's a couple of times where we was over when we stayed at the chalet, you know, and killed deer back in there and, uh, and and there's like there's there was no trails around here like there is now. Most of all these ones you see around here now, these ones we're walking on around here, were not here. You know, this cabin wasn't here, and this was just a piece of the woods. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, and it deer go all the way back, and we finally found it way back on the road. There's a town back here to the south of us that's called Ethel, and uh, over this way Ethel and that way is Fargo, and that road between there, and we end up going around and driving all the way around because we found a deer way over there. So you hike all the way back over here and get the vehicle and drive around and get it and put it in the vehicle and then drive back around, you know, and you spend all evening, you know, and I don't remember what time of night it was when we finally got that deer back to the cabin. Uh, but I will never forget it. And it was cool to me. Like it was one of the, the guy that owned the place over there, Lee, he had a, uh, a bronc, a uh, bronc, a blazer, blazer. And it just had the front two captain chairs in it and the back end didn't have nothing in it. Yeah. Just open. Those are cool. So he's sitting on a, I was sitting on a seal test crate, sitting upside down, bouncing around as they was four wheeling up and out of here. Uh, <laughs> you had to right, no seatbelt. Yeah. yeah, no nothing back yeah. there, man. They just would toss their gear back in it. And uh, but I, those are fond memories, man. I will never forget that stuff. You know, I never forget them. Uh, those chasing those deer through the night and. and That's important chasing those deer, man. Not just letting them die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, if I take a life on. I want to utilize it. If it doesn't feed us, it'll feed somebody. Majority of deer I've been around that's been killed has been killed in the evenings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me. Yeah. I mean, not to tell you, that's just what I have. That's been my experience that majority of the time, most of the deer I have killed have been killed in the evenings. Majority of the bucks I've killed been on rain, just like this one chain gun. You were talking about yeah. that yeah. yesterday. Yesterday, you're going to swing on kill buck tomorrow because it's raining. Mm -hmm. Every time. What made you all pick this exact spot to put the cabin? Oh, we didn't own this. The 40 acres, that's that, that I say it's 40. There's actually two and a half acres right down here on the edge. It's not that we didn't own it, but we didn't own the 40. So we found that this little two and a half acre spot was down here for sale, and Dad bought it. So we didn't have no choice. We, there's a little triangle right here. Mm -hmm. And that's all we were getting at the time. Two and a half acres is what we started out with. Now we have fifty-four. Nice. You kept adding on. Hmm? Yeah, we bought the we bought this had this, then then Mook sold his got got he got that uh, deal where he couldn't pick up his feet anymore. You know what I mean? His droopy foot or something, you know, where his toes wouldn't pick up. He he couldn't pick it up. Yeah, drop foot. Drop yeah, foot. there you go. And uh, and he couldn't walk around, and get around down here anymore. So he ended up selling it, and we bought it. And there's another 11 acres over there here in the forestry. It's kind of half-assed landlocked. It ended up coming up for sale that we ended up uh, 
buying also, but it was because of because the two and a half was back in here. So if I was had the, you had the two and a half, but you didn't have any structure on it. It was just purely hunting ground. Uh, we didn't even. Yeah, we were. Our plan was to build our own cabin. When we bought the two and a half, that was the plan to have a place because we were uh, we've been mooching off other people's hunting places all our lives, mm-hmm. and uh, and thankful that I had good enough friends that allowed us to do that. But uh, finally, we ended up. Dad said, "You know, let's quit because we get you know something to go pot at this location, and we'd be out of a place to hunt for a year or two, you know, mm-hmm. and then we hook up with somebody else to be able to hunt, and then they had to go to pot or whatever, and." We'd be looking for another place. And he said, "Well, we but when we build our own place, mm-hmm. so we can hunt there." I don't think it ever, you know, because it's all Hoosier National Forest here. Even if we only had the two and a half acres, we'd still be okay. Oh yeah. If if Mooks would have sold it to somebody else, or if he was still there, or if that never would have happened. But uh, look at back on it on that higher power stuff. You know, it's interesting how things worked out the way they did. Mm-hmm. We did end up having to build that road all the way back here, because if you come in through the gate. You can see a little road bends to the left immediately yeah. after the gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the road to take you back to the chalet. Mm. And that was you know, that was the road. And this, this didn't come back here. There was an old county road that kept on coming, but it was it was in no kind of shape. Got to come back with bulldozer and backhoe and a bunch of rock. Mm. And uh, brought the road on back. Seems like you might need more rock right now. Well, yeah, we do need some more gravel. I fell off the side on the way back from the phone call. <laughs> that was the first time ever. Hmm. So, didn't mess anything up. Make a wish, huh? Yeah. It's it is. A, it's not a bad job to do that. It's just a matter of getting it back here. That's the hard part. As far as putting it in, it's not for me to do that an hour. But spreading the gravel? I've had a, I've had a piece of equipment there for Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like they come in to spread the gravel by themselves. Is that what you mean? Or are you talking about building the road? Well, just filling in where it's washing off on that yeah. one side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to do I something that. I'd fix that quick if I had the equipment. It's just getting everything back here. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, most of us don't have these big ass, you know, big big truck little dick deals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who's or, that? Like, my truck makes it back here real easy. I don't have any kind of inches uh, pitching in here. I ain't had no problem. Give me the driver. Possibility. I made it back here. My Prius makes it back here. But thing's got that big lift kit on it, so they didn't get high centered on there, right? When you come to dump right, down, into right that, back up. Uh, down into that ditch. No if you deal. wouldn't, if you wouldn't erase it, it probably got stuck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I didn't go off at the. the top you didn't go off at the deep, no. deep part. No, well, you could. Yeah, if you go, on. you're probably talking about up there at that one yeah. spot. There. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Kind of close. So that's how it ended up being back here, and you know, that was 20 years ago this fall. So. That's cool, man. Well, I greatly appreciate y'all building it. John, very, yeah. very interesting how I'm things evolved. Of, mm-hmm. It's been the last place to get away. First part in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been really uh, it's been a very spiritual thing out here. I guess the first part. A lot of other spiritual things went on in here too. Sixteen, I think. I think. It's on home incarceration, all fifteen. So yeah, been in March of sixteen. The Indiana State Convention was in French Lick. And I invited a handful of guys to come down here and go to that. Just kind of trial run. Once again, I didn't know if anybody wanted to come. It seemed silly. It seemed like a real pain in the ass. Why would you want to do that? And uh, it turned out to be really good. And then it was in May we had the first spurt. 
and uh, everything's history since then. You know, the uh, 2020 Indiana State AA convention is in French Lake again, come up in April. Mm. Really? Yeah. How so, far is French Lake from here? Take about a half hour, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour driving from here to there. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was going to throw it out there and see who. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, not any real limit to how many we could do with that. You know, I mean, it's not like we're hunting. It's not like we're, I think it's the 17th, 18th or something of. Uh, State convention is a lot of. Uh, it's a different experience. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Also, the next spurt, isn't it on the, the next eclipse? No, that'd be a little bit. Huh? I thought it was this year. Nope, 2024 is the next eclipse. I don't know why I thought it was 2020. Huh? You know what that joke of? I, I saw a thing come up on my Facebook feed the other day. It was 2017. And it said, somebody asked me the other day where I saw myself in three years. And I said, and it said, I told him, I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision. <laughs> From nice. 17 to 20. Nice. But it's going to be 2020 in just a minute, man. Yeah. It's hard to wrap around, ain't it? Mm-hmm. It goes, well, what's it, how's it go? The days are long, the years are fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2020 especially when after you have children man it seems like time oh, just yeah. flies by when my kids are going to turn nine uh, and then uh, and then just in a few more months i'll be uh in five years just a, i mean where did it go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first two were slow and then all of a sudden yeah last three have just been a blink of an eye mm-hmm. truly blink of an eye i remember first grade and then yeah, or kindergarten. I remember kindergarten. That was a big deal. Taking them to kindergarten. Your kid's about, kindergarten. My kid. Yeah, and that was about two years, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, they get there in third grade, turn nine. And Tuesday, Dustin turned 16. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Great. twins turned 10 May 5th. And Brian's got twins as well, boy-girl twins as well. Mm-hmm. They're when, when's their birthday? They're coming up. Uh, December 7th. Yeah. Expensive little shits because I got that. Then Christmas right around the corner, and you got to have separate parties. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustin, for the past bunch of years, every time uh, his birthday comes around, and it's always right here on Thanksgiving week, you know. So we don't usually do something during Thanksgiving. And uh, for ever since he was ten years old, he's been wanting to come down here, and he brings I bring a carload or however many people he can, how many friends he can bring down here. When he was ten, I invited parents and stuff, dads and shit too, and so they came down too. And hell, I think he had, when he was 10, I think he had, I don't know, I don't know, eight, nine, ten kids down here with him. That's cool. But it's kind of whittled down now, you know, and plus the other thing is I will haul as many, I can put three across my seat in the back and one in the front. So I said, you know, I'll haul four with you. And they come down here and they stay up, they go, they they go, they stay up all night long. And I just let them stay at the chalet. I said, get out of my hair. You Mm -hmm. know, y'all stay over there and let me do what I do over here. Let me know when you're hungry. And, uh, and all that. And one, uh, so a couple of years ago, I'm here, and I was muzzleloading hunting. It was muzzleloading season, and I was just screwing around and really just dicking around while they were here, right? And they're out there on a mule, and they're running around, and you hear it. And so I go up on this ridge where you were at, mm-hmm. and uh, plus I can hear from there real good. Mm-hmm. And I hear that four-wheeler, that mule going here and going there and going here and going there, you know, and it stopped for a long time. It stopped out in part line cut in the area where it shouldn't stop, you know. So if it stopped over at the chalet for a long time, I wouldn't think much about it. They parked went in the chalet, right? Stopped at pond for a while, meant to stop and did that. Well, I was like, oh, they stopped at the power line cut for a long time. 
So I thought, well, shit, I'm gonna walk out there. So I walk out there, and uh, it ain't short, you know. I mean, when you take off yeah, across a, these woods, a, and I yeah. tried to walk a lot today. I've tried to not use my mobiles as much as possible and try to make sure I'm getting my exercise and moving around. You walk out there, and I remember walking out, and I'm getting closer and closer to power line cutting. I'm starting to be able to see the actual power line cut and see through there. And I think, so there is somebody has built a freaking blind in the middle of the power line cut. <laughs> and, and I thought, that is odd and shit. And we have a blind out there, you know? And I thought, well, why? that's even crazier. Somebody would put their big old, like a big box blind, one of them pop-up kind of blinds in the middle of the power line cut. And I get closer and closer, and as I start realizing there's wheels on this, <laughs> blind and I start realizing that's the bottom of a chassis because the wheels the tires were running this way oh, shit. and that four wheeler was over on its side and I couldn't see a kid no place mm. that mule yeah, it was Man. over on its side with the bottom shining at me and I didn't see a kid anywhere oh shit oh fuck and I walk around and as I'm going around and I'm not saying anything because I'm just going I'm, I'm, okay, breathe. Right. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> breathe. And I walk around the four wheeler, and the first thing I see is one of Dustin's friends, and he's sitting on the ground, and he's got his knee cocked up. So he's got one leg straight, one knee cocked up, and a knee that's cocked up. He's got his pant leg pulled all the way up to his mm. groin. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering if the leg's still attached. Mm -hmm. uh, none, none of them was hurt, but they were flipping out because they were thinking, what was that? That's the uh, Fast Times of Ridgemont High thing, right? My dad is going to kill me. My dad is going to kill me. My dad is going to kill me. He's going to kill you, and then he's going to kill me. <laughs> and uh, and they were scared to death. And I walked up, and that's in their recovery things. Go, well, y'all really did it this time. <laughs> no big deal. Well, so we get here, help me. And we couldn't pull it. You know, so I walk back in here, get the tractor, chain, go back out there, chain it up. Then I can set it back up on its wheels. And it started right up. Nice. And uh, get one. It's like, okay, I'm going to drive a tractor. You follow me in that slowly. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a break from the four-wheeler for a little bit today. Of course, the other thing, I was like, what was y'all doing? Nothing. We just hit a big bump and it turned over. Uh -huh. you know, I got there. <laughs> I, I said, so what's all these big circle marks in the yeah, middle right. of this field? <laughs> right. a million donuts in the middle of the field. They weren't doing anything. Yeah, over. But, you know, kids are kids, you know, and I mean, shit, man, things I've done, I remember. Oh, no. I mean, we was driving, everybody, y'all was driving, all of you was driving before you got driver's license. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to drive on the back from the... You didn't drive before you got your driver's license? No, really oh, man, I grew up in the no. country. No, go ahead. And my, parent, my parents had me drive before I got my driver's license. It wasn't even like I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, it was like practice we and had stuff. A, we had like, orchard, go do this. Yeah, we had an orchard like a mile down our road that sold like milk and stuff too, milk and eggs. And so they'd send me down there all the time when they needed a gallon of milk. Yeah. Whatever. I owned yeah. a car before I could drive. And yeah, me too. I'd, I'd take it out riding in the neighborhood, you know. We would go, one of the things that I grew up doing is squirrel hunting. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of different places we would go squirrel hunting every August 15th. It was when it opened in the first weekend in August. We would go someplace, and there's this little park up by Salem, Indiana called Delaney. And we would go there, and Dad would, there was other little ponds around and little places. So the Spurgeon Hollow was down the road, and there were some other little places close enough to drive, but you didn't have to go out on the main road. And Dad would just let us have the car to go to these other spots. You know, maybe we'd want to go squirrel hunting over there this morning, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how I started my strip mine. Drive around, 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 around. Give me one of them cookies. God damn! Oh. He just I'm watched kidding. you. I was watching you eat it before I said anything. And then my grandfather, it was only like sixty cookies. 
Yeah, we would go down. <laughs> and so I had my, a third of them. My great my cousin, third cousin, he had a dairy and hogs and tobacco and marijuana. And this time of year, they'd be stripping tobacco and dairy go every day, you know. So we'd go down there, and I'd go in there before daylight my grandfather, and they'd have them old milk jugs, metal cans full of long neck Budweiser's and a bottle of moonshine sitting right beside of it. And then I'd have to drive Papa home about 10, 11 o'clock because he couldn't fucking walk, right. you know, or 12 or whatever it was. And that's the way I grew up on that part of the world. I was my role model. You know what's the trip is like the kids don't, like Dustin, he don't particularly care to drive. It's kind of being forced on him. Times have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he will, and he does it. But uh, you know, it was a, we was doing something. I was doing something. Had a job every day, and uh, and it was wired up some three way switches. Some dude had taken apart. You didn't know anything about that? Mm-hmm. So when somebody takes apart, you know, uh, and you pull the fucking switches out the wall and throw them on the ground, and then turn around and try to put it back together, it's almost impossible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is almost impossible. I always take uh, a picture of them before I start working on them. And uh, well, he didn't. So he took down the ceiling fan, took down the took the switches out of the walls, and started over, and couldn't get it. Mm. And uh, frankly, I can't either. That's not a one man job. You got to do look at some continuity stuff across the walls mm-hmm. from the different switches and other to figure it out. You know, because you can hit with them wires, you can hit a number of combinations that ain't none of them's gonna work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also break a lot, flip a breaker a lot of times before you mm-hmm. figure it out. And uh, but with a stitching cord and uh, or with some something that you can test and figure out which ones the travelers. And we get it figured out. So I needed dad and dad went with me, you know. And uh, But my point here is, is that Dustin was in a pinch and wasn't going to be able to make it to work. And I didn't know what to do about it. And I said, fuck it, just drive. And he's like, really? <laughs> like, yeah, man. He said, uh, well, you're supposed to. I'm like, well, I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's just right down the road to a pizza joint, man. You drove it because that's the only time. That's most of what his driving gets to be done now is he'll, he'll, I'll, he'll drive to work. And then when you go pick Working him up, he'll home. drive yeah. home and and a little bit down out to school, he goes out to Sellersburg, so he gets a little interstate driving if he goes out there. But he doesn't like to drive. You couldn't yeah. bribe him. He wouldn't know where to drive. Yeah, I was rearing freedom, man. Yeah, I couldn't oh, wait man. to have my car. Absolutely. And his trip, you know, I have a nephew that, uh, or cousin, I think of him more as a nephew, but he's a, a second cousin that uh, didn't drive until he went to college. Can't imagine. My grandmother never did get a driver's license. You know, we go to town. She wants to get her lottery ticket. I always get her lottery ticket. I can't remember what else. She had money trying to deliver to her. She never did drive. Today she does. Lottery ticket, can of dip? Yeah. It's probably yeah. Just, yeah. No, it was dip. She didn't dip. It was something. Patch of red bean. Yeah. Well, she makes a good cornbread and potato and poop bean, though. Mm. Or brown bean. Mm-hmm. No, she never did drive. And then I had a cousin that never did drive either, and I never understood that either. Mm-hmm. I think she was scared, you know. Yeah. Well, I really She was an alcoholic. She was, I don't, you know, she was a real kind lady, but she never left the house all this. Unless somebody drove her. And then you give her a toilet pack, and she's going to whip everybody on Eden Creek, you know. So I think she was scared, <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, I really need Dustin to be driving. Yeah. I, I need to be taking him and his little sister to school in the morning. Right. And he'd be riding his butt back and forth to to, to work where you don't have to take him. Uh, yeah, so I can't wait. You know, all those little milestones, you know, as you get your kids a little older, you don't want to be able to hold a fucking spoon. Mm-hmm. Or when, you know, oh, you're sticking a bottle in their mouth, anymore. you know, yeah. and a diapers. What's that? 
What's that and, like? You know, <laughs> no diaper. <laughs> when you stop, had to put them in a car seat. Right. You know, yeah. that little thing. Where, you know, they just transition. get in the car. The little thing. I'm yeah. just hitting that transition now with mine on the car seat in the seat belt. And then my daughter still, when I'm around, you know, she's daddy. You know, my boy put it on, but she can do it. She just wants daddy to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, my daughter, my daughter was so. Uh, I don't know what the right word for it is, but uh, progressive, whatever, you know. When she saw her older brother doing something, that minute she realized, I can remember a couple different times when she ding-donged, she was kind of like, her eyes, she like looked over at him and was like, what is he doing? Oh, I'm going to do that too. Yeah. yeah. And so the minute she decided, I could remember plain as day, the second she looked over at the table one day and realized that he was eating solid food, and she looked back over at her slop of the, you know, the pureed peas and carrots and shit, you know, that looked like pudding. I want that. Yeah, and she's like, pushed that plate away and wouldn't eat that shit ever again. Man. That's funny. She's like pointing at that. I want some steak want. too, motherfucker. And at the same time, man, she looked over at my son and she saw him peeing, standing up peeing at the toilet. Oh, she wants to stand up peeing. But she, she probably did. trained herself right there, man. And she never did need another diaper, never did need anything. She went and she peed wow. and potty trained herself. 23 months, almost almost two years. I remember my daughter started walking first. Mm-hmm. Mine too. And my boy, he was sitting there to cry. Y'all make him so damn mad. Yep. So he did the quality. He had one leg up like a... <laughs> <laughs> one knee down, one he do a closet mode across the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember that Trying too. Trying to yeah. keep up. Yeah. Now he gets the damn man. Yeah. Where are you going? How are you getting there so quick? Yeah. I want to do that too. My daughter's always a busybody. We used to put them in those swings. Mm-hmm. They'd all make swings. Yep. I remember one whole day you see her and she's fighting. She ain't going to go to sleep. She's afraid she's going to Nodding off. And the whole next day, she slept the whole day, but she's all the time busybody. She's still busy, but she knows what the neighbors are doing, you know, everybody. Funny how they get their own character, their own personality. Yeah. Yeah, so anybody out there wants to buy a couple kids, mine are for sale. Right. <laughs> Cheap. Uh, Cheap. I'll pay you. <laughs> yeah. Cheap. It's amazing being a father today, though. Oh, my God, it is. I told you, I said, and I just became a dad last summer, really, truly, and Give sobriety, man. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I remember the moment. I was so terrified to get a divorce. I'm so, so terrified of, uh, you know, this delusion that I could hurt my, like I had the power to hurt my kids. And there was a lot. Well, basically, what I always come down to self-interfere. They're not, they're not going to like me. I'm not going to interfere. And I remember that moment. And it was back over the summer because a lot of ghost guys, you know, um, Alex and several others, we'd always go to the pool and I'd hang and I'd watch these guys. I'd watch all of you that had the kids and I'd, I'd pay attention because I'm like, okay, that's how they act. So this is what I, oh, I need to do that too, you know. Because I always stayed gone. I was either gone working or gone when I was there. And I remember that day I looked at them and it just hit me like, I mean, it was just, I got a relationship. I had my own relationship with them and I was a dad. And I swear, of all the gifts I've got on sobriety, I think that one right now, as of today, next to taking somebody through the book and watching that light come on, mm-hmm. next to that, that's the best gift I've ever got. True. You know, I got one right now, the light's coming on on him. And it's just, I got that Response Yeah. His light's coming on, man. Me and my, me and my sponsor saw him the other day and said, his light's are on. Mm-hmm. You know, we lose that light. You know, my kids, yep. when the kids are getting their lights, eyes, yeah. the lights go off sometimes. Mm-hmm. You've talked about it before. Yep. And then the lights start coming back on. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Other than that, being a dad, being a dad. I used to tell my first one to Brad, I said, Brad, I want to be a good dad. He said, just try being a dad. And I was you old asshole. <laughs> you know, but he was right. He said, I wasn't a dad. I wasn't at all. Yeah, you touched somebody with that. Somebody was listening to that the other day on the podcast and heard you say that, and you, and, and they come back and gave me some feedback that that really hit them when mm-hmm. you said that. Quit trying to be a good dad. Just, just be a be fucking a dad. dad. Yeah. Just be a friend. You know, just be a, an employer and be an employee and be a son. Yeah. It's I always cool be, when, you know. I always got to be good. I always got to be this because I'm not enough bullshit. I just got to be, be that. That's all I gotta do. Just be yourself. I'm so busy trying to be something else other than what I am that I can't even be a dad. Mm-hmm. I can't even be a son. I can't even be a sponsor or a sponsee. I, you know, I'm just a mess. We tried for so long to be what everybody else thought we should be. You know what I mean? What I believed I thought they were. Yeah, be. exactly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I didn't know this the other day. I mean, I was taught in the inventory process is we got fears and so the, there's a reason why relationships or excuse me resentments fears and relationships and fears in the middle because it radiates Could you move over that microphone for a minute all of our it radiates into all our it. Uh, it radiates into all our relationships and all our resentments right my fear then I was taught why do I have this fear well I was taught why do I believe and that belief's a lie because there's a difference believe, another word for belief I this is what I didn't know is, is expectations I've heard it a thousand times in meetings expectations well just another word another definition for belief is expectation so I got all these expectations of what I think I'm, Brian's supposed to look like and I'm so damn busy trying to live up to that because I'm not enough and I just gotta be enough if I could just do this I'm enough and I hit this goal like I used to I used to metaphor it like I'm in the gym and I just wanted I just wanted to be in 315 three times I go in the gym and I've been three fifteen six times. And I don't even realize I've made my mark and passed it. I'm already looking like I've been three seventy five three times. I was so busy that I I was missing it. I was so busy living in yesterday and tomorrow. I was missing today. You know mm-hmm. those two demons I got. And uh, the difference between that and and is faith. That's based on my experience, right? I had faith in a bottle of vodka. I know what that bottle of vodka is going to do for me. And the day I got faith, in, and I struggled so hard with this faith in a higher power, but I had faith in something all the way. Power's going out, ain't it? And that, uh, yep. that faith has carried me to uh, to this where I am today, and it's being a dad and being a friend and having brothers. And it's just amazing, man. I mean, it's just amazing. I sit out there a day and I tear it up, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm like, how the hell did I get here? And I'm glad I'm here. Just how the hell did I ever get from where I was, mm-hmm. a, a babbling idiot drunk, to where I am today? Yeah. I, I had that kind of happen not too long ago, too. Like, thinking back of the way I used to feel and how bad it was, you know, and it's like, God, how did I pull myself out of that, you know? It's because of these 12 steps, you know? And, and getting free of all that bullshit that I had inside of me, man. Yeah. It's a great, great feeling. Resentment, sure. remorse, guilt, and fear. Mm-hmm. I take all my, pa- I take the past plus everything I can manifest itself, forecasting into the future, and that's how I live. And that's a terrible way to live. Yep. You know, constantly afraid, constantly afraid, mm-hmm. never present, mm-hmm. constantly going to the past and throwing it into the future. Yep. And that's just time travelers. That's yeah. what we were. Time travelers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> God, I was miserable, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta have relief. Can't have a relationship, not real. Can't be a dad. Can't be any. You know, got to have relief. Down there, big sexy. Share with me, bro. Everything I got today is a result of this. Every yeah, single right. thing. And every time everybody goes, you know, and, and, and 
it gets to be kind of funny because I laugh internally when somebody will say, you know, where'd you get that or why'd you do this or how come you're doing that or whatever, you know, yeah. and everything's got the same root thing, man. Is that, uh, hit a freaking wall. Yeah, this hairdo comes straight out 12 step recovery. <laughs> he was, he was bald when he came in. <laughs> <laughs> I got my hair deep from recovery too. Oh, fabulous! I stopped, I stopped caring what other people thought, and I shaved my uh, pseudo comb over. Yeah, so, yeah. And I like it. I like it better now. Looks good on you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's but it is. There's, you know, I've, I've talked about this on my podcast too. Just the the beauty of being able to to be content and who I am and what I like, and not not trying to fit in anymore. Man, that's that's. Yep. that's a, pretty big deal that's a, that's oh, a big yeah. job huge. trying to fit in oh it's huge fuck it's people awesome. do that all the time yeah they usually look at look at people and the way they do things mm-hmm. at work you know out making friends small talk it's just you know what can I do for you what can I do for you like me like me mm-hmm. well, that's the other cool thing we get to witness having our thread is because I mean in the first year of recovery I think you're still you still got that programming you can see it like how some of the new guys interact on the thread and then it's cool to see them turn that that corner and all of a sudden be like wait a minute i'm just gonna be me like, yeah. yeah that's all we want yeah that's all we want you don't you don't need to fit into any box for us yeah i just want to be a guy that's not me and i want to be transparent that's my dream before i die i want to die sober before i get there i want to be transparent no facades no masks no bullshit yeah i'm not there yet although that's my dream that's my vision. That's where I want to be before I die. Oh, yeah. uh, completely stripped away of all this shit that I accrue. Living in integrity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope today, you know, and like you said, but I hope today, and I know I'm a whole lot better than I ever was, is that when, no matter who I'm around, I'm pretty much the same dude most of the time. Yep. I'm not doing some game anymore where I'm who who I think you need me to be here in this situation and that situation. I'm pretty much me no matter where I'm at. I notice my voice doesn't even change when I'm around different groups of people because it used to. My, oh, I, yeah. I had different yeah, ways yeah, I talked yeah. around different people, yeah, yeah. but now I just talk I the way I talk. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. cool. That's one of the first things I noticed. My big was work, man. I got this image that uh, I believe I got to keep up, you know, because I'm a hard ass, and, and I am a hard ass. But, uh, you know, it goes back to that whole thing as a kid. You know, I was bullied. So then all of a sudden I got big enough to, to be, to fight back. And then, and any time I think I see that, or I believe I see that, and I can see that it works when they trying to push one over on me, so to speak. Or well, it's go time. You know, that's where I've seen it the most in my life today. Is right there. Anywhere else, it's pretty open. Although on the job side, that end is that facade. You know. Is uh, that's the one sort of kicking my ass lately. Hmm. I don't know if kicking my ass would be the right. Pr- that's probably not. It's just like I said, I got deeper in two and three with these guys. Uh, one, one in particular lately, I took him deep, and I went deep with him, deeper seeking. Hmm. And I found, you know, uh, always been told, always been taught that right now at least three things I'm not willing to give up at that first step. To have a close relationship with God, and my number one reputation, man, right there it was, mm. like in Wise book there, mm. and reputation being at work, not at you know that was it. So it's 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 always a journey, you know, and it always told me the most the most important word in all steps is continue, not God, it's not powerless, it's continue, yep. continue, continue, continue. You know, keep seeking more. 
I don't have to keep shaking. Because I keep accruing. I pick up new shit. I get rid of old. The whole idea of awakening is in spiritual way is unlearn. It's not to learn. It's to unlearn, yeah. right? Well, then I pick up new shit. I got to learn it to unlearn it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's never, you talk to somebody 38 years sober, like my grand sponsor and sponsor, they're still unlearning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that lets me know that I'm okay. Yep. I know nothing. Although I think I do. Yeah. That's what gets me in trouble. You get bit? Evidently. If you get bit this time of weather. I got I saw some stuff there. out there. Yeah. You know what we was here last year? I do remember just something. Like, I was looking through some old pictures and I found, I remember I, was big, I ran across a snake, a dead snake <laughs> oh, last yeah. year. You know, it had been eight. It had been half eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Bigfoot this evening. Did you? Yeah. Do you have a mirror out there? Yeah. Yeah. It's all reflection. Taking selfies. Yeah. <laughs> That's called water. Did y'all hear much shooting tonight? Did you hear shooting besides us? Yeah, I heard a few shots. I heard two or three. Last, last, last night more, I heard about 30 shots. Yeah. It's more, apparently it's more this way, kind of. Uh, north? Yeah. Yeah. I heard the same direction. North or north. I know that the people up the road here that have a cabin, have a place that actually got a trailer back here is what they got. When I was a kid coming here, there was two brothers and they bought that there was uh, I think 38 acres or something over in an L shape and they were last names was Lindley and we still call that road Lindley's road that's what we just you know, we, how you get to talking about some place and you just start naming this yeah. shit right just so you can all be on the that's same that's how they page. get their names yeah and um, and so uh, Mark built a log cabin had one of them transplanted cabins put back there mm-hmm. uh, or not you know he, he bought a original real that Swedish cope funny angle corners you know that lock nice. in together when you set them and oh, like yeah. the real what the most of the pioneers built when they came into this area if that's what right. you know and some people preserved some of those and he put one together back there and uh and he moved into it and he lived there and he couldn't drive all the way back to it oh yeah he uh he would park and walk back here he had an english setter dog was always with him and he was redhead bearded red bearded redheaded and so you'd be in tree stand he'd walk by and see you way back to it just like you know like <laughs> and uh, he, he just, but he lived out here. He lived out here through those winters of '78 and '79, all that. Oh, the blizzards, yeah. Uh, but his his log cabin back here burned down. I was question about how that happened. Somebody blamed lightning. I don't know. You know, I know that can happen. But uh, without any like electricity or any kind of, yeah. you know, he he lived back here primitive, just like we are doing. Except he didn't have generator or anything. You know, we got generator. He, he lived was, back there full time. Full time. So yep. what happened? He burned down. He left. No, he ended up moving into. I think he got a woman. You know, and they ain't gonna live like that, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and uh, and uh, well, it was and so it, it. He ended up selling it, and before he actually got sold, the place burned down. I always had some. I always had some suspicions that somebody that maybe burned down to decrease the value mm. of the property, so they could buy it cheaper. Because with that uh, house on it, with that cabin on it, it'd be worth a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we want to decrease his value. Because they him. wanted the property. Somebody else. Not him. Somebody else burnt it. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But I, that's all. Is that the 11 acres you bought? No. <laughs> <laughs> so three brothers had it. Three brothers bought all that the together. Lindbulls or whatever. Lindley's. Lindley's. Yeah. Mark, Charlie. I can't remember what the other one's name was. They were all from Paoli. And uh, we bought one. That 11 acres we bought from one of the brothers. Charlie still owns his property, and uh, and and some family named Alvey's own the one that's back there now, and that's who lost a dog. 
Okay. So that's who Sounds they're back here. Like so I know that they're back here now. They said he's going to be here all weekend hunting. Sounds to me like maybe possibly they're sighting a rifle in the first time. Just five shots. I was like three, and then it was another one or two later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were more spread out. But first it wasn't time black powder, that's for sure. No, no it was. No, it was bold action or lever action. Something a repeater. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, people don't like hunting this kind of weather. But so it's not so much of uh, <laughs> what kind of weather? The rain. Oh, right. <laughs> what kind of weather? Great. I mean, you go survey and you watch the numbers be down this weekend oh, yeah. compared to no, one weekend when it don't rain. Yeah. But there's some big deer killed this week. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Yep, buddy, buddy buck. You can't buddy uh, buck. Hmm. Hey, and you don't eat some of that deer. I'll yeah. tell you what. After the meals we had. And Nick agreeing to prepare some of the meat. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Oh, I'm excited Me too. about that, too. If he's cooking, I'm definitely going to I want the full, you know, that's the last piece. What, what was that one you, you called it? Um, the shank? Yeah. yeah what uh, was that called? A dish called Asabuco. Yeah, I can't wait yeah, to try that. Yeah. Rennell is always saying that. I hear that on his show all the time. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to eat it. I know. Oh, well, yeah. so it makes it, my mouth water when he says it. It's kind of cool when you well, learn about the history so of some sexy. of this food is that um, – Nobility used to take, you know, there's a reason there's a saying, eating high on the hog. Uh-huh. So, like, nobility got to get the, their cuts first, and they were picking the, the back straps and the tenderloins and all right. that stuff. And so the help or the slaves or the, the lower class people had to eat. That's where we got bacon from. They, they, they were given the pork belly, and they learned how to make some good out of it. Yeah. Well, well, like with cattle and with deer, they, the same thing. They, here you go. Here's a leg. We're keeping the rest. And they learned how to make something good out of it. You, you stew those sh- leg shanks. You, you cook them. You braise them for a few hours. And they are amazing. Hmm. So, and now you serve those dishes in fine dining restaurants. Can't wait. You can't go to a fine dining restaurant without seeing asabuco and pork belly. And hmm. All these other things that used to be a sign of low class is now what you're paying the most money for. <laughs> nice. Hornswoggle this. Grits, probably. Pork belly and Yeah, I mean, gr- grits are on every fine dining menu I, in the world. I know, and that's, that's depression what, food. That's depression food, exactly. Yeah. Collard greens? Co- yeah, collard greens. There you go. Pickles, pig feet. Yeah. My stepdad loves pickles, pig feet. I've never had pickles, pig feet. I don't know. I haven't had them I've had pig shanks. Mm. They're really good. Pig asabuco, pork asabuco is good. We could sit on some bacon, though. Mm. Bacon is meat candy, man. Yeah, mm. pork belly, bacon, sausage. I like sausage. Well, I think about that. And I'm like, spicy how dumb were these kings? Right, giving away bacon. Right. <laughs> I bet they took it back over once they found out how good it was. It's like, yeah, um, you're gonna make me some of that. Right. Yeah. We decided that you guys get to keep the testicles, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tongue, the feet. Y'all gonna have the hooves? Yeah. Brain. Now, pig brain's good. Yeah, but it's not. No, not, not the fact. I had beef heart once. It wasn't bad at all. Really wasn't. We got a heart up here in the cooler. Yeah, buddy. I forget how they cooked it, but it was almost like a, almost like a, um, like it was baked or something, or maybe marinated or something. But it, you just take a little slices of it and mm. slice it off and eat it. That was good. Mm. I've had the heart. I've had the deer liver. We just haven't been a while since we've done any one of them. Oh, I, remember, I remember one time we killed a deer at the Muscatuck, me and my cousin, and a guy come along and he said, I'll help you drag that out if I can have a heart and a liver. And I said, deal. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. right? Yeah. 
drag my damn deer across the fucking muddy cornfield, you know, where just stubble and the mud and and you can't get no traction and Mm -hmm. getting on there to it. Yep. Man, we used to do a lot of hunting. Yeah. This for this one something I've done and since I got sober at one week, you know, I hunted had a buddy. He moved Virginia. He let me hunt on his place, and he went to for Christmas. I hunted several weekends, and I remember he gave me his key to his house, and I, he knew. I told him I was only I wasn't even a year sober, but you know, I told him you know who I was and what I was, and he gives me a key to his house. Hello. I'll rob your ass in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, back in when I was, I mean, without hesitation. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he gives me a key to his house, and I told him what I did. That's one of the, and that you know, and then. And I'm not enough. This can't be real, you know, because right. I did it right by him. I, I mean, I just ABC'd the Trip Rivers property. I had a big ass buck sitting 200 yards straight shot, but it was on the other guy's property, and I couldn't shoot it. Hmm. And I even asked him. I, I texted him and I said, because I laid signal there, and I said, "Hey, you I mind if it? I shoot this deer?" And he said, "No, man." <laughs> he said, "Guy's an asshole. Don't do it." And I didn't do it. The other time I'd have done it, and dragged it, and lied about it. And this is the first time that I've got to do this, man. It's we a, always had some places where we went, but we also did a lot of going different places. God damn. <laughs> like going and putting them special hunts in all kinds of places in Indiana. You can put in these draw hunts, and yeah. it used to be cool because you could go to like the Indiana, the powder plant or go to the Miscatatuck. Oh, all these places. Uh, Charleston. Yeah, yep. uh, yep. uh, Naval to the Indiana. Crane and, and uh, Jefferson. Proven grounds and hell, Indiana had all kinds of these special places you could put in for and go hunting. Charleston used to fish. Fishing used to be the same way. You used to up in uh, Lake Michigan. You used to be able to fish the <laughs> spill water out of the reactor up there. Yeah. Can we and talk about the never do good fishing? But now, now Nobody? you can't. No. Over that. T- you want to go? Everybody's Sounds like it's going to become a um, annual thing, maybe. Yeah. What's going on down there? We can. Uh, what do you hunt? Well, you can't all. They they only got they only give a certain amount of tags out, so you can't get too many. Where's it? The Neverglades. Is that in Indiana? Yeah. No. The Neverglades. <laughs> Neverglades are down. Is it in the bottom of like the very southern tip of Florida? Yeah. Yeah, it's I thought it was the Everglades. No, no the, this one's different. called the Neverglades. It's just it's just past the Everglades, but. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. Fuck. Uh, we 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 had Charlie going on the on the on the trip before, oh, man. Oh my god. Tell him tell him Dan. Tell that story again, yeah, man. It's that hard was to tell fucking hilarious. Over, yeah. I can't tell it. God dang. So I got that shirt that's got these saber two tiger hunters on it. And I started just saying, I'm telling Shane, I said, I about I t- I, so these guys are just sitting around, everybody's just kinda of sitting like this. We're not having podcasts or anything. We're just sitting around just chilling you know and uh after having some kind of bit like this uh jesse had eight or nine of us or something down there to his place yeah. and um and i started telling shane that i had gotten a saber tooth tiger tag i put in for and i could tell that charlie was ear hustling <laughs> like, yeah, there's like, a, like yeah you come and see it wiggle like, yeah <laughs> what? so i started playing in on yeah. it a little bit so he wasn't really listening to me but you could tell he was listening he's doing something what? else you know he's fiddle fucking on his phone or something you know and then get service you know, like charlie from the yeah yeah, yeah. And he's my sponsor. Eight. I know he is. And, uh, kid. yeah, so, yeah. Oh, and so I was telling her, and he, and so he perks up and he goes, you know, he's kind of like, what? I said, they were extinct. Yeah, he said, he said, I didn't think there were any more of those. I said, oh, yeah, they got some more. I said, you finally got a huntable population down in Florida. 
And he said, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, man. I, said, I, finally, I got a tag. I said, it took me like three years, three or four years of putting in for this tag to before I finally got drawn. And he said, yeah, where at? And I said, down the south end, down south, southern tip of Florida. Called the Neverglades. And I just stalled there for a minute. I said, it's called the Neverglades. I was doing everything in my power not to freaking laugh. I was turning my way. Like, oh, my God, that was gold. Yeah, he's going. He's going. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't keep it in. And finally, I just like he had out. indigestion or something. Yeah. I couldn't keep it in no longer, man. I started laughing. He's like, man, y'all had me. Yeah, y'all y'all don't lie to me, so I, I had to believe it, you know? Yeah, we lied to you. The Neverglades just fit perfect. Oh, my God, it was perfect. So that's right. That might movie. be the name of the retreat. And, and the straight straight face that he did. I mean, I, I was trying to do it with him. I couldn't do it. And it, they're just trying to clone the woolly mammoth now. Yep. We've been hunting unicorns, all kinds of cool shit for two off a wall. Yeah. But those... Uh, Oh, it's going to be fun. Lion's head and the eagle's wings, what are they called? Those are uh, the ones I'm after. What are they? Uh, oh, what are they? I'm not a Martin. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. You know, I don't know uh, the name of it. I can't think of it either. Uh, what's that thing from a never ending story? That's it. The lion head and the eagle wings. Uh, yeah, I'm going for that. That and Bigfoot. I'm going to put Bigfoot on the fucking wall. Full, I want a full mouth, full body eight mouth. feet tall. Sitting on a shitter. I'll put him right over in the corner for you, man. It look great. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of the other things I said. If it really were Bigfoot, we'd have a deer camera picture of one by now. Dude, you think? You know, several years back when they had that fake one come out, and they were going to have a press conference release of this some bitch. I started thinking about stop hunting. Because they already scared me enough. I had that, that fear inside me. I'm like, I ain't never going hunting again. I would like to get some <laughs> big old shoes. It makes them big ass footprints, you know. Yeah. You've seen that and get some of them. Dude, around. you got to get some before the next spurt. Yeah. Oh, I need to really? think of some. Yeah, good 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 good. Get Ross with it. Ross will freak the fuck out. <laughs> Just put them all around the outhouse. Mm-hmm. Don't publish this part. That would be great. Yeah, it would be. I'll come out and do a walk. I'll walk like, because I got. You ever been, we got long legs and just gotta go take a real long. We're actually on, let's see. Like if you did a left foot and I did a right foot, yeah. we hit on each other. Yeah. I get a longer stride. Do you oh, really, yeah. Do you really think that the guys that are gonna fall for this are gonna be looking at how long the stride is? No, there's a single yeah, one. Both, both <laughs> yeah, that's it. Game that, over. These aren't trackers. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. He thought I was gonna butt fuck him there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he thought the banjo was going to start playing when I jumped out of the dodge. <laughs> maybe we should rent a costume next time. So you had that speaker the one time, you know. Maybe we need like a big. Yeah, I th- I've been thinking. I hate to, like you said. You know, you said don't put that, don't publish it. But I have some thoughts on some other things to do about that. But I don't necessarily want to put them on the air. Yeah, we'll talk about some other pranks to pull on subvert. Well, let's not talk about the big one on there either. Yeah. It would be, uh... That would be funny as fuck. I would definitely love to do that one. No, yeah. Go over there and be like, God damn, God, come here and look at this. You ain't going to come here and look at this. What the fuck? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to be a little bit, having, being caught on my jokes enough now, though, that I, I can do it. I go, Shane, come here. <laughs> it's fucking real, Shane. <laughs> I'm going home. Shane goes over and starts freaking out. I get my, Tony I get my, oh, God damn, it's real, you know. I man. grunt, jump my truck, take off up the fucking driveway, out of here. Fuck that, I'm going. 
Garfield some barber, some Jeff girl just got the haircut <laughs> and get some big long black hairs or something where you can find some. Oh wow! You can pull them off his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pull them out of my ass. <laughs> yeah. We we'll shave my ass with one another. Man, thank you, Dan, for uh, having us down here. This is uh, yeah. No, true joy, man. Oh, you're welcome. Well, warms my heart. Thank you very much. I truly. Yeah. This is just, uh, man, I need this. I need to get away. I need time with you guys. But I thank all you guys for being here. Yeah, Food, me too, yeah. Fellowship. Y'all doing the fucking deal, you know? So, just the, the whole de- the whole idea of doing this deal, the 12 10 is being available. I'll do 10 11, Clint breaks my fast, 1 through 9. I do 10 11 every day. It makes me available. Yeah. When y'all are available for me and I'm available for you, it's just a beautiful thing. Mm hmm. Beautiful thing. Well, and it's the connection. You know, like we talk a lot about, uh, you know, the guy that coined the phrase uh, opposite of addiction is connection. You know, it's, I feel, especially since the become involved in this group, so connected. I mean, I can, I can hang out with a brother from AA any weekend, any night that I want to. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's really all I do hang out with anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, me too. Really, yeah, I mean, I don't have any friends. Somebody put like a meme on our thread the other day, like uh, somebody trying to make up an excuse for mm-hmm. not wanting to do something on the weekend, and I thought it's exactly what I do if it's somebody that's not one of my AA brothers. Like, I, I don't really, there's not really anybody yeah. else I want to hang out with. Well, well, unless it's work related, I don't want to do it then. I just do it because it's business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't hang out with anybody. My kids. Yeah, that's one thing I haven't been able to do. Well, I was able to do some of my kids over the summer of the pool, and some of the guys bring their kids to JCC and things. But, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be cool if we could do some things this winter with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to House of Boom. Yeah, there you go. House of Boom. Boom. I pulled, I actually mm-hmm. like to kill me last time. I pulled my nut. Did I tell you I pulled my groin muscle? <laughs> now, have you ever had one pop? No. Ugh. Like I was going to pull, and it went, when the kids were playing, it was amazing. It went, boom, boom, pop. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> And I'm and I'm almost crawling. I'm trying to hold together because my my daughter's my daddy okay? Oh, okay. I don't want to puke past out and shit on myself. <laughs> you know, you're stunning shirt. I'm sweating. I'm turning white and I have to sit down and I'm and I'm seeing spots. I'm about ready to go down. You know what I mean? Uh, and there's this hot girl beside me and she keeps going. I've seen you somewhere before and I'm going. I'm good. Give me a minute. And I limp, and I I couldn't do squats for two months. I pull, I mean, I popped that groin muscle. I oh. Mm. So, <laughs> needless Sounds to say, uh, Brian don't do. I, I sit my ass in the chair during that. Yeah, this that, is how I, I wasn't talking about us going in there. No, I talking about I'd taking the to, kids there. Well, I thought it was going to be Mr. Cool Dad. Oh know? yeah, like that's how people get hurt. That's why they make yeah. you sign a waiver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I blew a nut. I, mean, I really thought it exploded, like my nut had just exploded. Yeah, I, don't think you I was afraid to look. I'm like, oh god, you squash one. I don't think you can blow one. Is it still there? Oh no, because there ain't no like muscle in it. You know, it ain't like here. I grunted so hard at my. Yeah. yeah, there is some deer nuts hanging in a tree not too far from here. Yeah, they yes, definitely sir. be disconnected. Yeah, he did that. You know, he threw these. He took it. Said. Wham! And he throwed that deer penis and balls up into a tree, and it hooked in this tree, and this tree went. 
this way, through. and then they started going this way. <laughs> and I was like, that's something that's going to slingshot them balls right back at us. That would have been. I know, right? <laughs> and me, uh, the three of us, was, you know, there was a moment of silence. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> all of us had our eye on here. We know if we go ahead to get the shit and get, and get out of the way of these balls come flying this way. Or And it, and it hung up in the tree just well Like enough. the last branch, yeah. Yeah, who's taking the hit? Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that trick. I didn't know that's what you did. I've done a lot of hunting in my life, but I did not know you slung the deer's dick and balls up in the tree. One time he had a son with him, and uh, I hate the word redneck because that's really what I was raised as. You know what I mean? It's kind of a bit. That's just what we were. So he comes up and he pulls up in front, and his boy gets out. He killed his first buck, and he's got his balls and penis made a necklace out of it. He's hanging around his neck. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> so like a raw, like oh, straight off, the, straight off, kind of like a, I mean, like sometimes they take hanging. the blood and oh, they like on the face or something like that. But this is what this was. He had the cod and the balls hanging right here, yeah. fresh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm fresh. Yeah, I've been. That's what was my point. Too. They didn't like make some necklace, and this kid no. had it a year no. later. No, Correct. this was fresh. It was impressive. It still had heat on it. <laughs> still steaming. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, fellas, I am uh, running out of gas. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's been a long What's day, up? long fun day, man. Yeah, very good day, man. Yeah, we're gonna get up. Tomorrow's supposed to be beautiful. Hot damn! Zero percent chance of rain. Yay! Good. Cold it's, though. Travel day. Right, bring it. I mean, this thing will be that cold. Thirty-two. Not bad. That's right. cold enough. Oh, it's cold like good cold. Yeah, it's a good cold. It's Is anybody gonna shoot it six, tomorrow? If it hits sixty tomorrow, it'd be a problem. Say what? Is anybody gonna shoot tomorrow if they see one? I ain't. Yeah. Okay. Just checking your I'll motives. I shoot one dark. If I'm saying I don't do. How you gonna get it home? <laughs> what do you mean? Throw it back in my damn truck. You gonna process it before we head out? Yeah. yeah okay. If you gotta get out. You gotta get out. I'll definitely process it. Just yeah. stay with them then. Yeah. Me. I'll take it out of here. That fucking thing had deer blood and a few other things in it. Yeah, if he's in a real hurry, you can sit in the back of a pickup truck and be cutting it up while he's driving home. That's a yeah. good point. Actually, the strangest ass that way because if I drop one after y'all leave, I got... <laughs> he, can he can cook for you? <laughs> well, not cook, but heat, you're a lot quicker than I am is all I'm saying. And do a lot better job than I do. I could get it down to the D-bone, but to do what you did, yeah. I could do it, but I'm not, not near like what you are. Yeah, me neither. We all have our skills set or whatever. If no, you will. I thought it's just uh, just like anything else. You just got to do it. Yeah. Right. You know. There's Half no, of life is doing it. Yeah. There's no like real secret to it. So you just allow allowing yourself to make mistakes. That's right. a big no, one. Next time I'm not gonna do it that way. Right. That's a big one, man. Like and meat's eatable no matter how you take it apart. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Some of it can be a little prettier and other. Yeah. But what was that called out of it? We don't want. Tendon? The penis? No, the tendon. We leave the oh. penis in. That's mm-hmm. for like chitlins. Tendon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. But even then. Yeah, it's you not going to kill you to leave it in. Yeah. It's, it's not poison. It. No, it's just, no. just chewy. It's just Tough. real chewy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep fried deer balls. Yeah, I'm going to have to work on a fire in a minute. Yeah, fans are out. Lamb fries are fabulous. I don't yeah, know what deer fries are like. Well, you can find out. Duck fries. Mm. What's Chloe saying up? Yeah. Uh, what we do is go around all the time. We do a concluder. So, uh, 
Who wants to go first? Say concluding thoughts and goodbye. What I got? No. Nothing. Nobody's got any concluding thoughts. I'm grateful to be here. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Great food, Nick. Love right, you guys. Proud to be here. Hopefully, I can make it back next year. Hopefully, we can have more. More so those, just like season ticket holders, man. You make it this year, you get first dibs next year. First mm -hmm. dibs. Yep. Max is six. Sweet. My concluder would be, you know, if you're sitting out there and you've got a gr group of recovery that doesn't break outside of the normal box and do some cool stuff like this to increase your ability to connect, then look for somebody that does. Because, you know, there's a reason that we smell more in this group, and it's because we try more. We, we, we keep doing it. We keep trying to figure out other ways to connect with each other. It doesn't have to be hunting. There's all different kinds of ways that you can share and break bread over. But, uh, man, that's just that's what it is, just walking this life and, and including you guys in a lot of different avenues of my life, and it's rewarding to me. Yeah, man. Yeah, living life, man. I mean, you know, the big book, it talks about the fellowship will grow up around us. Yep. Right. He will help you create the fellowship you crave. And it says, uh, it's all I ever wanted. You know, I just want to be, I just didn't want to be the last kid picked at basketball or dodgeball or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I just wanted a fellowship. Like I said, I didn't have any siblings. I, I grew up as an only child, so now I got a bunch of band of brothers that are truly brothers that I can count on and they can count on me. And, and for me, it's a bigger deal for me to say that I can be counted on. Because I can always count on other people, but they can't count on me. Mm -hmm. And actually, I can. When I tell you I'll be there, I'll be there. And uh, it's just been a, this is just a, this next year, man, jump on this bandwagon. If you can't find it, you're looking around and start it on your own. Get in the big book, do what the dang work says, and, and get get some juice. Yep, ask some people. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. thanks again for all of you. Um, this experience has been awesome. It's probably my top, top favorite hunt ever. Um, oh, thanks for the head shank. No, you're welcome, brother. Deer heads. Oh, yeah. Deer head. Tony's yeah, going home head. with the deer head and antlers. Yeah. The buddy buck yeah, is going brains. home with Tony's. But no, just um, having all y'all here with me and having this experience. And, um, you know, when I got sober, uh, I went out and went hunting once. And I cried after I shot something. And I had a totally different outlook on, on what hunting was to me. And uh, I didn't. I had a new respect for the animals, and I didn't hunt for a while. And uh, this is actually the first animal I've I've harvested in three years, but it was very special, and um, it, it's got me back into what hunting is really supposed to be about. It's about the fellowship of you know your your friends and bonding with your friends and having time like this and, and getting connected with a, a power greater than myself because. The woods is a powerful place to me. Um, just to sit there and be quiet and watch it come alive and feel and be part of. And, and it's not another person even. It, it's just being part of the world. And this is really cool for me. I'm Shane. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Did you know there's a piece of me, you know, even now, like when I begin to do something like this, and it's getting, it's changing, but, but I'm like... I have some fear that, that you won't come. But I'll say, hey, let's go hunting. And everybody goes, well, yeah. like you said, the issues thing. Well, I got to clip my toenails this weekend. I can't be there. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, and it's getting better. But that fear really was there in the beginning, and that's some of them trial run things about coming down here was some of that, like, well, 
well, anybody really come play with me? Like you said, you know, if I, if I say, hey, man, I'm going to have a basketball game, will you come over and play? That's kind of what this stuff is for me. But I stand in all today, man. I mean, it just really is. It's, it's, it's exactly the example of what the promises say and what my sponsor told me and what other people who I trusted in recovery said, you know. It's kind of like the old Dan, that old goofy movie, that build it and they'll come kind of thing, you know. If we do this thing together like we're doing it, and I don't mean this. I mean the the fellowship we have is what I'm talking about, you know, because you all do it. We're all doing things, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, this is just one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all hook, hook it up and go and watch football together on certain days, right? Mm-hmm. And other things are happening, and people are doing things. and The and, wives uh, are getting involved. The wives yeah. are beginning to get connected with people yeah, with one right. another and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. The so kids. there's a whole thing happening that's beyond what this whole, you know, again, like stealing a world high tower says, single so far beyond just stopping drinking and drugging. Mm-hmm. So far mm-hmm. beyond just doing that. And, uh you know, I hope, you know, there's also a hope it, that we can continue, like, because uh, I have a passion. I grew up hunting and fishing, doing this outdoors thing all my life, you know, so sharing this with other people just has come really natural to me to do this uh, now that I'm beginning to be able to to, to, to pull it off and, and, and make something out of it. Um, but to get people to come that has never been hunting before, too, you know, I mean, it's kind of, that's that's that newcomer edge kind of thing, like with a new, you know, getting somebody new in recovery, and you get, we got to have that, right? We have to have these new people in our lives to do that. So that's what's cool also in like this this angle if we get somebody here that doesn't necessarily uh, have any prior experience and expose them to it. And hell, maybe they don't like it. You know, maybe they do. At right. least they went once. You know, I've done some things in my life that I was happy I tried. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really necessarily want to do it again. Yeah. Uh, and I've been turned on to some things and went, I really <coughs> like that. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that again. Um, so thank you all for coming with me, man. Thank you all for supporting me. Thanks for the part you play here. Cause you know, that's it. Like you said, somebody was saying earlier, you know, the thing is, is, you know, uh, everybody pitches in and carries their weight. And that's the other thing about this recovery thing, man. You're not, you know, it never feels like somebody's not like pitching in and doing their end, you know? Well, I mean, you know how that always you can get in these things where you feel like you're carrying one into the load too much mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and I never feel like that around here. I don't, I, feel like everybody's picking up their end of the raft and, mm-hmm. and carrying it. Cool, cool. Well, um, so we were supposed to do this. There's been some things I've been listening to. I'm supposed to tell people at the beginning of these podcasts what podcast is about, what your podcast is about. I'm supposed to have some call to action at the end of it. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that, but I, it was new to me to think of that. You know, so you're supposed to send somebody out here to go do something. You're supposed to tell these listeners to go do something. Mm. Uh, so you got to make up bullshit. And that's not really the truth. Mm. You got to read the fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> read it word for word and tear it apart. When, ask, when it says it's taken, ask, when you turn it into a question, when ask a question, ask, ask yourself that question. Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. Always. And read word by word. Amazing things are happening. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so uh, there's your action step. Say it louder in the microphone. The whole thing again. I don't know what the hell I said. That was real the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. right well, no, I hear you. Also, while you're doing it, go out, find a spiritual underground podcast uh, Facebook page or Instagram, and like those things so that you get on that list so you see these podcasts when they come out. Uh, read that book. Go out to twelve. Go out to Amazon. Twelve Step Spiritual Recovery. 
James Christopher Cole. Go to the spiritualunderground.org website and uh, check out these uh, pictures we post on there in the show notes and the links to these podcasts. Uh, share this podcast with people you think you know that might need something to hear something. You know, they want to hear something going on in some recovery that's a little different than maybe something they've been accustomed to. Uh, I know some people, I know a guy right now that's in my life, he's got a bad taste from some recovery that he bounced into, you know, and we all play that card and, and I and I had to watch out. But, you know, that can happen. You can bump into a, something and go, you know, I don't really like that flavor of recovery. Maybe you like this flavor. I sure do. Uh, so, once again, this will wrap up this version of the Spiritual Underground Podcast. I've got some cool guests coming up. i got some people lined up. i got uh, I got a dude who's a nicotine quitter with me. Man, he's lost 300 pounds. I'm going to have him on here before too awful long. He's the journey of that. Nice. Uh, i got another dude who's uh, got another gal who wants to talk about some uh, recovery from suicide, man. Wow. Nice. Uh, I've had so loved good. ones and stuff wow. like that commit suicide and how to recover from that traumatic event you know and i think again as i talk about like you know investigating different kinds of recovery because we have what we do here right right? but recovery i like that you know to regain my reclaim or regain that which was lost or stolen uh man when you lose a loved one under those circumstances that's a big one so uh, a few other people too. Uh, Brian here's got a, his his first sponsor is going to be uh, come on the podcast here in a couple weeks too. So we got a lot of cool new shows coming up. Uh, stay tuned. So you ain't having fun in your recovery. It's your own goddamn fault. Yes, sir. And thank you all for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this manner today. Peace. Out. Hey, this is Dan again. Hope you all enjoyed that episode. That uh, weekend at Deer Camp was uh, just fantastic. Love those guys. Love that I get an opportunity to share that place with them. Uh, we sat down and started doing the podcast on Friday night. And about the time we were getting set up, uh, Boom Boom showed up. Uh, Brian, Brian L. So uh, we had two Brian's down there. We had a Brian D and a Brian L. Uh, but they both kind of came and went. So Brian, the one boom boom, he didn't get there until Friday night late. And he come in and uh, was just a bundle of energy and kind of uh, turned us in a different direction from sitting down and starting a podcast. But we did sit down and he ate and played around with some of the new gear he had. He had uh, made a stop at one of the uh, local sporting goods stores and big box sporting goods stores and bought some new toys or new equipment to use for the weekend. And uh, we just sat around and uh, shot the shit. But I did hit the record button and there were some, uh, definitely some gold in there. Uh, There's a story in it that I'm gonna add on to the back end of this podcast here, just a second for, that uh, Shane told about a weekend he had. You might have heard back when the Neverglades episode happened, we had went into this cave to meditate. Shane had found this cave, and or he had been led to it. He didn't. He didn't like discover it. So he has a little story to tell about that. That's pretty neat. And um, and there's also some outtake kind of things that I might be able to. I think I'm gonna be able to mine some more gold out of that Friday night podcast but it just was uh just a little too loose to call it a uh an episode so enjoy this last little uh, story by shane 
and we will see you guys next time. I uh, really appreciate y'all listening. It's, the podcast is growing. People are uh, are touching or are contacting me from, uh, frankly, around the country. And and I'll share one thing. You know, I had I had somebody sh- contact me from Africa, uh, and and looking to learn about these twelve step tools. And she found it about about them from the podcast and. Uh, and the 12 Step Spiritual Recovery site on Facebook. So that is super cool. Here's a little story about Shane. Thank you all. Peace out. And, uh, your kids were talking about that treasure map that you planted yeah. after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they didn't know it was you. No, uh-uh. yeah, they were like, we I still don't know. Yeah, yeah, what is like, it? that's cool. That's so cool. I found this cave down at Rough River. Yeah. And, um, we took, we went down there when we went on our little retreat and did a meditation in it. Well, two weeks later, my wife and I went down there with some friends, stay at their place, and um, they went the, the next morning. Uh, my wife and her, our friend and her son went to the cave, and it, we had um, this little treasure chest, and it had a genie lamp, it had some rabbit feet, it had gold, you know, coins and silver coins, all kind of shit in it, you know, just real cool shit. And the genie lamp was like for real. Like it was really cool. The real looking. one. Yeah. And yeah, it is a real one. A little genie in there. You could rub it. So uh they went they went down to the cave and uh they went in and buried it in the cave and then um drew a map of the cave. It was a very intricate map because it's a pretty big cave. We he went through the whole thing and mapped it all out and uh hid it in a bottle in the very part front part of the cave. My son found it. He gets out the map, he's like, Let's follow it. Dude, he leads us like right to it. Read that map like it was, like he wrote it. You know what I'm saying? Went right to it, man. The crazy part is, before we went in there, another family had came in and lit a ton of candles going all through the cave, which was pretty cool. But we're like, what the fuck's going on in here? You know? So we go in there, dude. There is a a candle sitting right on top where we buried the treasure. Like they didn't even know it was there. It was pretty freaking cool. We're like, what the fuck? Did y'all do this? Like, no, it wasn't us. But yeah, they found it, and uh, man, Jackson, when we're walking out, he's like, I, I, I gotta sit down for a second. <laughs> he got all wobbly need. He was about to pass out. He was so excited. It was cute. That's not quite like it, is it? Uh uh-uh. uh. They told all their friends, they brought people over to the house. Hey, is somebody coming in the house? Hey, come look at our treasure chest. Pretty cool. Even the older kids that see it, like, they know it's not, but they still go with it, which is pretty cool, too. I don't forget that shit either. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I remember that shit the rest of their lives. I actually became a dad this summer, man. It's a pretty beautiful thing. Isn't it? It's four and a half years old when I finally became a dad. Yeah.
See you cry. 